Ho, 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 ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, good evening, good evening, good evening, welcome, 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 welcome to your Thursday night edition of the Sea Report, welcome, welcome, come on in, come on in, the water is warm, the seats are fine, etc, 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 the showers are golden as they say, no, just kidding, it's just my shirt, it's just my shirt, I'm just playing, uh, alright guys, come on in and welcome to... Another edition of the Sea Report. We are coming to you live on this Thursday, May 26th, 2022. Can you believe it is already the end of May? I certainly can, but I don't want to, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, the year is going by so fast. I'm constantly running late to everything, but don't let that fool you guys. I was born late, so that is just my standard operating procedure, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we had our show set up for 7.45 today. Uh, uh, Railing on, buddy, thank you for being in the uh, house promptly and on time, right? Uh, but let me just tell you what, guys. Let me tell you what. I was uh, scrambling just to tidy up and make sure tonight's report is super squeaky clean for you guys. Because there is a lot of information that we will be going over today. A lot of information, ladies and gentlemen. If you thought yesterday's excursion into Russia and Ukraine was something, boy, man, ain't got nothing on what we'll be talking about today. I hope you guys are doing fine. I hope you've had your dinner. I hope it's settled. I hope you're nice and comfortable. I hope you brought your snacks, ladies and gentlemen, because you're going to need it. Or maybe not, you know, we just, you know, you know, I just try and be as thorough as I possibly can. I did scarcely even have time to think up some type of a nifty opening today. But I think actually for today, the report will speak for itself. Like everything that's on my mind is in this report today, guys, from top to bottom. And yeah, I guess we'll really only be covering two primary topics, right? But, oh, you know how we get nice and meaty here in the sea audience and we uh, like to dig in and uh, get comfortable under the blankies, right? As uh, we suss through all this information. I like using that word sus now, right? Because of Michael Sussman, right? They've got to suss that Sussman out, ladies and gentlemen. We will not be talking about the Durham investigation trial of Michael Sussman. Not today, ladies and gentlemen. We won't be talking about Clinton. We won't be talking about the F. B.I. We won't be talking about Elias or Baker or Sussman or any of those scallywags, ladies and gentlemen. Not tonight. No, 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 no. We've got further, more pressing information to relay to the audiences abroad. If you're joining us over at Foxhole Pilled, good afternoon, good evening, good to see you, fam. I'll jump back in a minute. If you're over with us at Twitch, if you're over with us at Clout Hub or Rumble, welcome into the show. If you're happen happening to catch this live and it's the first time you've ever come across the Sea Report before, well, you know, you are most welcome to stay, pull up a chair, you know, hit the subscribe or follow button and uh, well, you will stay current with our purview with the curatorship of information, headlines and news that I tend to do on a daily basis over here at the Sea Report. By the way, did I mention... I'm your host, Mr. C, right? Anyways, most of you guys already know that, but uh, I also go by Michael Aaron Cossidus. You know, it just depends on, uh, you know, how you're feeling that day. Uh, I'll take either one of them, ladies and gentlemen. I'll take either one of them. I can tell you, 
I was very busy today, very, very busy today, um, because uh, something just, you know, kind of flew up there, and I was like, you know what? I need to redesign my website, right? <laughs> so actually, I spent most of the day doing that, you know, uh, long, well, well after the noontime hour, right? Uh, probably approaching about three. Uh, sis over there is like, so how's the report coming for today? I was like, I haven't even started it. <laughs> I already had an idea of where we are going to go tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure most of you guys are starting to have your interest pricked in the topics for tonight. But uh, yeah, so I just, you know, I feel like I feel like we've already outgrown the C-Report.com, at least the splash page, the homepage. So that's going to get streamlined, guys. I was working on that all day today. I think I'll have it done maybe, maybe before the end of the weekend or before the end of the week including the weekend, right? And we're going to have a busy weekend this weekend. Also, don't forget, guys, President Trump does have a rally this weekend. We have a Save America rally happening in Casper, Wyoming. That's right, Casper, Wyoming. Get ready for them ghosts to start coming out of those machines, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully, it's the voting machines that these ghosts start to leave, if you know what I mean. And uh, not necessarily the ones that are currently, uh, you know, uh, inhabiting my computer and my uh, other software, etc. and the likes. <laughs> because, yeah, you know, those ghosts, guys, I tell you, they're not as tricky as the gremlins, but they are far, far more uh, um, invasive. That's for sure. That's for sure. But, yeah, so we'll have uh, President Trump on the weekend. I will get you guys a time as soon as I can. Uh, because it's in mountain time. What is up with mountain time? I don't know why of all the time zones, mountain time throws me off, right? Uh, I, I can take you back to Otero County forensic audit, right? Or the audit of the election. And, uh, it said, it said it was at one time and I was going to start it. Like, I think it was like an hour ahead. And I think I was on time there and I was like, Oh wait, it's mountain time. It's the other way. And then I propelled my report like three hours forward and I end up having like a four or five hour gap before it actually started. It was terrible. You guys remember, right? You guys remember we sat through the, uh, audit report and then I did a show directly afterwards. Gotta love that mountain time. I didn't even know it included Wyoming. God, you know, I was like, it starts in El Paso and I think it ends in New Mexico, like a mile down the road. <laughs> I was wrong. Apparently it goes all the way to Arizona. Anyhow, anyhow, enough about that, guys. Just uh, throwing that little bit of information out there for you guys. I'll let you guys know. As soon as the brand new website is ready, I'm uh, I'm looking, well, the brand new front page, okay? The brand new front page. I'm actually liking the way it's coming out so far, but who knows? Maybe by uh, this weekend, I'll be like, it's trash, and we'll start all over again, and then I'll be late to a report again, and then all of you guys will be like, gee, Mr. C, you're always running late, and I'll be like, well, don't you know I was born late? So I am always late. You can count on that, ladies and gentlemen. And probably some of you guys are wondering what I mean by I was born late. Allow me to um, allow me to uh, entertain you or to uh, sh pass this bit of information about my life on. You know, guys, I am a twin, right? <laughs> I am a twin. So, you know, uh, whenever whenever my uh, mother was sitting there, you know, uh, or I should say laying there, you know, probably stirrups and all right uh, after after having, you know, uh, passed my brother. <laughs> 
I took almost another hour to come out. I wasn't quite ready yet. I wasn't quite baked. I was not well done, right? So, um, yeah, I was, that's why I say I was born late, guys. And that's why I tend to run late. And it is a force of nature. It is a miracle of God if I get there on time. So I appreciate you guys and your grace for allowing me to run. I think I was almost 10 minutes late today. I had to get everything perfect for tonight's report. I know I'm, I know I'm really, <laughs> I'm really building up this report, guys, but uh, we've got a lot of interesting information. Some, some of the stuff you might have heard about already uh, and some of the stuff you might know about already. Uh, and uh, some of the stuff you may not have ever even have heard about, right? So we're going to get right into it now, guys. I'm not going to waste any more time on, uh, you know, grand oh, yeah, housekeeping. Jeez Louise, I won't be, uh, I will not be pushing our uh, podcast too much. I just need to get like a good week or two in of straight, you know, uh, um, plugging of the podcast. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, you can catch tonight's show on the podcast version of the show. It's the same show, just with a higher uh, audio quality and absolutely no visuals, right? You don't have a crazy bald man on uh, the other side of your uh, your uh, speaker, right? Um, I'm just, you know, uh, waving his arms frantically like like Mike Lindell on, uh, on OAN, right? When he gets his mic cut off. No, not at all, guys. Not at all, guys. Uh, but uh, anchor.fm slash the C report. Um, that is the home base for the podcast, guys. Uh, and also uh, through Anchor, we're distributed to, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, Go Ogle Podcasts, Spotify, some of the majors. Uh, I was looking at some of the other ones today that are kind of major. Like uh, we're also on player.fm. We're also on Podcast Addict. We're also on Listen Notes. And we're also on Backtracks.fm, guys. Uh, and other than that, probably about, I don't know, a half a dozen to a dozen other more small independent type of podcast players. Some of them have actually stopped airing my show. Like, I, I go back and look at them from time to time. Uh, one of them stopped, like, back on episode one-something, right? When I was talking about the elections. Another one stopped on 280-something. And it's probably because I was talking about Russia. So, you know... I try and gauge the faithful, right, the faithful podcast um, platforms. And if you uh, listen to any or if you uh, tune into any of those podcast platforms, you can find the C-Report on there. I think over at um, Backtracks, we've actually been a featured podcast, right? A podcast you should hear today. That was kind of cool, right, when that happened. So uh, most definitely, guys, uh, if you support the podcast, you support the show, uh, you get us out there. And, you know, if you go over to anchor.fm slash the C report, you can also support us in another way. Uh, to any of my subscribers or any of our supporters over at Anchor.fm, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. From my heart to yours, actually, is what I like to say. Because when you get to the bottom of the heart, it might be deep, but there's no telling what kind of garbage is down there. So I say from my heart to yours, ladies and gentlemen, 99 cents per month. Let me expand the screen for you. 99 cents per month, $4.99 a month, $9.99 per month. And uh, you can support us that way as well if you'd so prefer to. Again, a big thanks to those of you who are subscribed to the podcast rendition of this show. Uh, I've been getting most of our episodes up um, prior to the sun rising the next day. So rest assured, we are up to date uh, with a little bit of backlogging still going on, but otherwise uh, doing absolutely fine in that regard. All right, guys. Okay, we're done with the housekeeping. We can get into today's show. 
Let me go ahead and jump in. Railanon, thank you for the 117 gold pills. Shanjo, thank you so much for the cookie. Depatriot1776, it is good to see you, my friend. Sherry Pittsburgh, welcome back. Good to see you as well. Tam Growl, I knew you'd be here. <laughs> awesome, guys. Thanks for dropping in. I hope you guys will uh, stay for the remainder of the show. We've got a good show tonight ahead of you guys. We've got a good show. I'm telling you guys, you're going to want to hear this information. Uh, and, you know, if it's information you've heard of, well, hopefully I will be able to deliver it in a way that you have not heard it delivered before. I'm pretty good at that. Pretty good at that. Tam Growl, thank you so much for the can. Very much appreciated. The Speaking Easy is in the house. What's going on, brother? Great show last night. Had a great time. Great conversation. If any of you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I moonlight as a podcaster, and <laughs> as a live streamer over at uh, the Bartender's uh, channel. That is uh, the Speak Uneasy. If you've never heard of the Speak Uneasy, you can catch him on uh, Foxhole, Pilled, Twitch, and uh, I think Facebook and Twitter as well. Uh, that's the Speak Uneasy with a Z, ladies and gentlemen, all one word. And uh, you can find them that way. We do a Wednesday night show, right? A Wednesday, as if though I didn't have enough, right? I go back on after the Seer Port and I do another show with my good friend, the bartender. And now you guys are probably going to be wondering why I'm hanging out with the bartender. Well, I mean, it's the Speak Uneasy. Ah, you get it? All right. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Go back and listen to, to last night's show. It was a hoot. Let me tell you what. I had a fabulous time. And with the permission of the bartender, uh, we also um, broadcast uh, This Is News, that's the name of the segment, the show, um, on our Rumble page over at Mr. CTV. So uh, you, can, you can catch some information, you can visit his website, and uh, also uh, you know, get to uh, hear a pretty good show. I'm not just saying that because I'm on there. It's because I really had a good time. Okay. All right. That's a testimony, guys. Test I'm testifying. Anyways. Okay, guys. Enough about that. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Hey, Timberjet. How are you doing? Present and accounted for. All right. You got in you got here just in time. I was just about to close roll call. <laughs> Timberjet. All right. Good to see you, buddy. Glad you are in the audience today. Okay, guys. All right. We gotta move forward. We have some statements from President Trump. We've only got two for today. So uh, the good old Prez went a little easy on us for this afternoon. Uh, but that is not to say these are not uh, pressing statements in their own way. Let's see what he has to say. Uh, President Trump's truths for today. Uh, first one states, Kellyanne Conway never told me that she thought we lost the election. If she had, I would not have dealt with her any longer. She would have been wrong. Could, could go back to her crazy husband. Writing books can make people say some very strange things. I wonder why. Got 12 million more votes than we did the first time. The most votes by far of any sitting president. The election was rigged. They used COVID to cheat and steal. And the evidence is massive and, in, and indisputable. See 2,000 mules. Very interesting statement that, now I don't know, President Trump, um, do you really not know why all of a sudden these individuals uh, have a change of heart or a change of tune when they start to write a book? 
Hmm. How about we all put our thinking caps on, ladies and gentlemen, and let us ponder over the reasons why they uh, might change their tune once they publish a book. Hmm? Okay, think about that for just a second while we go over the next statement by President Trump. Hey, Nana Marie, 1957. How are you doing tonight? Good to see you, love. Uh, but yeah, think about that for just a second. Why do, or why does, I should say, I'm going plural here. Why does everyone involved in politics and government and showbiz, but, but let's focus on the politicians and the, and the government, you know, individuals. Why do they suddenly change their tune or why do they just outright lie whenever it comes to publishing a book? Hmm. All right. The next truth statement from President Trump. It's pretty easy, guys. I didn't give you too much time to think about that question. OK, a horrible time for our country, says President Trump. Pretty simply stated, uh, but uh, there is a lot of truth in that statement, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not just saying it because uh, Truth Social calls their statements truths, because it is true, right? Right? We have a, a runaway illegitimate government, you know, on the heels of a, uh, a coup that effectively took out um, um, a, a valid, legal, duly elected president effectively violated the will of the people and the Constitution. And now uh, America stands in despair, right? America is bald and yawling in despair, ladies and gentlemen, because of everything that that regime has do. But, you know, that was all part of the plan, and we understand that, right? And then, uh, you know, we have uh, what? We have uh, um, uh, this mass shooting yesterday, you know, and then, of course, guys... We already knew it. We already expected it. Of course, you always want to be sure to exploit a crisis. That's the way that the leftist should have stated that phrase, right? Never let a good crisis go to waste. No, always exploit a crisis. Uh, the meaning there is just a little bit more deft, right? When you put it in that way. And just in case you were wondering, that's how we're going to be opening up our show today. We're going to be talking a little bit about Uvalde, Texas. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to be talking about all the things you've already done, heard about it, right? We're not going to be talking about, uh, you know, Beto O'Rourke making a damn fool out of himself, shooting himself in the foot, pun intended, not intended, right? by exploiting a crisis to make a political statement as if though that would gain him the favor of who, right? The bottom of the barrel was already voting for him. So I don't know who he thought he was going to get to win over. Maybe, maybe it was a cash prize stunt, right? His handlers were like, uh, you know, Beto, if you, uh, if you crash that, uh, that press conference, that's another $5 million in your back pocket. That's probably about the only thing I could think. Or maybe they're like, we will guarantee your governorship because uh, we still use ESNS, right? Voting systems here in Texas. And uh, we, can, uh, we can rig an election just as sure as we rigged Brian Kemp, right? And David Perdue's election. That's probably what it was. Hey, Aurelius Locke, good afternoon. Good to see you, my friend. Glad you are joining us this evening. But yes, guys. A horrible time for our country. A horrible time for our country. Will we rebound? Oh, I know we will rebound. As resilient and tenacious as these people of these United States are, we will rebound. But uh, going through this experience is part of the process, right? 
We don't get stronger if we are not challenged. We don't get uh, tougher if we are not knocked down or stalled. Uh, we can't push through unless we face resistance. Now, I'm not calling for resistance, but it's going to be provided anyways. Trust me, guys, I'm very much the kind of path of least resistance, you know, kind of a guy. But uh, sometimes, sometimes it just can't be that way. And that's, uh, no, that's no fault or no responsibility of our own. It's just the way nature is at this point, right? And right now, nature is being made unnatural, turned upside down, inside out, and uh, left to right, right to left. So uh, that's something to consider there, guys, as we move into tonight's show. Uh, creative Writer, good evening. Happy Almost Friday. Thank you for the can. Much appreciated, my friend. Welcome in. Good to see you again. And Tracy Lee, 555. Glad to see you as well tonight. Glad to see you as well, Miss Tracy Lee. All right. So did you guys think about that, uh, that answer to that question? Why do politicians suddenly change their tune or lie when they publish a book, right? The answer is actually pretty simple, guys. It's pretty simple. For those of you, I hope you guys weren't overthinking it. It's because they've always been corrupt, right? Durr. You know, I mean, think about all of the, all of the, uh, all of the uh, backstabbers, the betrayers, the left, the Democrats, anyone who opposed President Trump. What is it that they did? in all of the books that they published. They lied, they made up stories, they self-aggrandized, they did all these things. But I think that the um, real question here is, why would Kellyanne Conway, why would Kellyanne Conway change her story or, or say something that was an untruth, right? The kind of statement that would not be posted on Truth Social. Now, I'm just kidding, guys. Of course, you can lie on Truth Social if you want. I'm sure if uh, Kellyanne Conway had posted that statement on Truth Social, it still would have posted, right? It still would have posted. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's actually a much deeper question there, ladies and gentlemen. If we're going to frame it around the cause or the reason for Kellyanne Conway to make such a statement, I mean... If you guys recall, I think it was episode uh, 292, right? Uh, that was the episode where President Trump was uh, haranguing Kellyanne Conway's husband. And we kind of did a little, uh, like a very shallow dive, which is dangerous. You never want to dive on the shallow end of the pool, but we did it anyways. Uh, did a little bit of a shallow dive on George Conway and Kellyanne, you know. And actually, I didn't share all this information, but... Prior to the show, when I was going through, uh, when I was sussing through the information I would include in the report, I read about the entire historical history of their marriage. You know, how they met, who introduced them, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the trials and the tribulations that they faced with each other's opposition towards uh, one another in regards to the presidency of Donald Trump and, uh, you know, uh, her husband, George, running off with the... Uh, Running off with all the uh, the gay pedophile predators over there at the Lincoln Project, right? So um, interesting story that interesting story that. So I would say, well, you know, maybe, maybe you know, since um, she's no longer you know a chief of staff or whatever for um, President Trump's uh, administration or campaign, uh, she's just gonna fall back on you know loyalty to her husband. You know, could you blame a wife for doing that? I mean. 
I mean, it shows loyalty, right? She's like, okay, George, after all of those years where I made you look like a fool, and actually, George, you made yourself look like a fool by yourself, mostly, George, I'll go ahead and, you know, I will renege on this little truth and uh, falsify it in my book, right? But what other kind of signals does that send up, ladies and gentlemen? What other kind of signals does that send up? You know, and, and what kind of signal does that give to Trump's base? What kind of signal should be recognized by conservatives, awake Americans, patriotic Americans, Trump supporters, make America great again, Americans, you know, are we taking notes is kind of where I'm going, right? Uh, Tracy Lee, oh, Tam Growl says they get dark money. Well, you know, uh, you know. It's just so amazing to me how money laundering, guys, is so easy in the field of arts and, and entertainment, right? Do you know how easy it is to launder money, dark money, to, uh, I don't know, people who have uh, contracts with music, book deals, right? Because after all, the book publisher, as the industry should work, will pay in advance in, uh, in, in, as, a, as a way of um, already having an idea of how many copies they're going to sell. It doesn't work like that anymore, right? You know, you know, I'm a writer. You know, I've published books and stuff like that. I've always wanted to be published by a big one. That, you know, more than 10 years ago, I realized that that wasn't going to happen because, um, well... Guys, I'm not going to suck the blood out of children, right? And I'm not going to uh, sell my soul, all right? And uh, I know someone who's brand new to this show would be like, I knew it that Mr. C is a conspiracy theorist. He's wearing that, that invisible tinfoil hat as we speak. But when I say a phrase like selling one's soul, this is what I mean. To me, selling one's soul is not necessarily signing a contract and making a deal with the devil by the pale moonlight, you know? It is when one betrays their own truth and their own moral and their own soul. Like, one betrays one's own morals. One betrays one's own ethics. That is selling your soul. When you go against everything that you stand for or you participate in Activities, thoughts, whatever, that is totally against your own moral code. You have sold your soul because you betrayed yourself for whatever it was on the other side of that contract, right? So that's what I mean by selling one soul. I don't mean like, hey, Satan suddenly appear here in the C-Studios. I was like, sign me up, right? Not what I meant, ladies and gentlemen, not what I meant. But uh, just thought I would clarify, right? Just thought I would clarify, but yeah, dark money, you know, definitely that is something. And uh, well, guys, you know, it's easy to money, uh, launder money. Look at Hunter Biden, right? Look at Hunter Biden, you know, uh, with his, his all of his art that he did, right? It's, it's selling for more money than, uh, you know, a Picasso in some instances, depending on what piece by Picasso. And, uh, and, and for what, right? Yeah, as another doorway to get dark money for favors, whatever the reasons are, you know, you know, one of the other very lucrative and um, I would say very uh, easy ways to launder money. And this one's brand new. It's actually through live streaming and podcasting, right? Can you imagine how much money that those fake patriots on contract are making from dark money, right? 
to trick you guys, right? To trick you guys or to make you complacent or whatever, man. I feel like the ghosts are going to start shutting down my computer just right about now. They're like, shut up, Mr. C. You're not supposed to talk about interactive internet activity, Mr. C. They're not supposed to know that that exists, Mr. C. They're not supposed to know that shows just like yours are filled with infiltrators. And just like Alex Jones, they will take you like to the top of the mountain, but they will not take you to the promised land, right? Anyways, guys, enough about that. Uh, yeah, laundering money. Well, you know, I had another kind of idea about that, you know, and it's actually much easier than that, right? It's much simpler than, you know, uh, whatever it is that they're being promised or whatever it is that they're coveting that causes them to uh, betray the president, betray their constituents, betray their country, right? Because ultimately, Kellyanne Conway is, uh, she's elongating the big lie, and of course, we all know here that that big lie is there was no such thing as election fraud, is that the elections of 2020 were not stolen, right? That's the big lie. That is the albino, like, rhino in the room. Oh, did I say rhino? Did I say rhino? Did I mean to say rhino? Ladies and gentlemen, do I sound like I'm going hard on Kellyanne Conway? She worked so hard for President Trump. Can we just forgive her this once for saying that the elections were not rigged in 2020? Because she has now become part of that apparatus, ladies and gentlemen. Are we taking notes is my question, okay? Now, you know, I believe in, in, in what forgive and forget. No, you know, I can forgive because I would be genuine about it. But you think I'm going to forget, right? Because when we lose that memory, we don't gain what? We don't gain wisdom. And it happens again, right? Oh, let's just forget about all the patterns of history of, uh, you know, uh, well, well, we'll get into that in just a little bit. But uh, say someone who's been uh, uh, definitively a bad guy starts doing good things and everyone wants to jump on that bandwagon, you know? Now, again... I'm not above redemption. I'm not above people turning over a leaf, but we must approach it with caution, awareness. We must be aware. And, you know, if you, if you really want to get into bed with that, I would highly suggest that uh, you, you get a good old can of DW40 and you put your head on a slick swivel, ladies and gentlemen, and you get them eye, eye openers, right? Because you never know if they're going to betray you, right? What was that poem that uh, President Trump would share all the time about a snake? You knew I was a snake, right? But you still trusted me. Now, I'm not saying that about Kellyanne Conway, guys, but it did get me thinking. And in part because I was, uh, while I was, uh, while I was updating my homepage for the website over at the thecreport.com, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm at, well, uh, there are going to be some quotes from our founding fathers on there. So I got into this weird, like, founding father quote mode whenever I had read this statement by President Trump. I was enjoying a cigarette during the afternoon. It was a nice day. It was a beautiful day today, actually. And um, I don't normally do this because I don't like to toot my own horn and say, look at what I wrote, but... I don't think I could express it to you the way I wrote it on my Truth Social account if I didn't read it. So I'm gonna. Th these were my thoughts, right? And uh, again, I'm uh, just Rhino is screaming out to me. But hear me out, guys. Hear me out, guys. Just hear me out, okay? 
Uh, we had um, we had President Trump's statement, of course, about Kellyanne Conway, as we just read, his truth. Got me on a tangent, guys, about what was going on, at least in my perspective. In the end, they are all part of the same rigged system. Re, hashtag Kellyanne Conway. Not surprised or desensitized to the revelation, just acknowledging. Hope we're still taking our notes. Hashtag Uniparty. The acknowledgement both major political parties, hashtag Republican and hashtag Democrat, in these United States of America are playing for the same team, the enemy of life and liberty. That thought went through my head. And I thought, you know what, Mr. C? You knew this all along. Uh, I mean, you keep on saying 95% or more of them in our uh, on Capitol Hill and in our state houses are all rhinos. They all need to go. So wouldn't that make sense of individuals who are unelected officials as well? And wouldn't it make sense that, well, you know, what do I say about the closer we get to restoring our republic? Now, I'm not saying these things to break down anyone's faith or break down anyone's uh, hope or even their fight. This is a sharpening exercise, ladies and gentlemen. This is a sharpening exercise, right? Perspectives and views that we may not otherwise want to hear, recognize, or acknowledge must be confronted, if, if not at least to shoot them down by figuring them out. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, to actually glean something from an understanding that is scarcely, scarcely said. And I'm not saying it's so scarce, but I had more. The next statement I said was, uh, the closer we get to the restoration of our republic, more once trusted hashtag Republicans will reveal themselves to be the rhinos they are, right? I've said that plenty of times on the show, particularly in the last couple, few weeks, if not more. Uh, got another one. As the majority of hashtag Republicans on hashtag Capitol Hill and in state houses are hashtag rhinos. They are the most dangerous hashtag uniparty operatives to life, liberty, and the will of the people. I'm telling you, it's probably something about all of these founding father quotes that I was like reading through today. Um, just, uh, it hit me somewhere with it, right? That all of them, all of them, well, not all of them, all of the quotes, the majority of the quotes I was going through, all of them touched on how the Republic and the will of the people, the governance of the people. So as long as the people, right? And, and other really, really snazzy quotes, some I'd never, ever read before, like, uh, what was one of them? Uh, for one to seek the office of any authority has already spoiled that office for their simple desire to be in it, right? They're, they're coveting it. They want to be, they want that power. They want that office. They want that glory. And so they've already spoiled the office just by simply desiring to obtain it. Isn't that crazy? That, I was like, boo. I was like, I don't know if that was Jefferson or if that was uh, John Adams, I, you know, I can't remember who it was, but I was like taken aback by it, guys. And of course, a lot about how our republic is based on the rule of law, right? And a lot of great quotes about the rule of law <laughs> and even about elections. Uh, what was it? I think Adams is the one who said, um, when our yearly elections end, slavery begins, right? Slavery begins. 
So, you know, there you go, guys. I, I think I just had this one last statement and uh, then we'll put away my little philosophical dribbles, right? I said, at real Donald Trump has done better than any leader in American history, not only to restore the republic, but restore the party of the people, the party of law and order. Sadly, the Republican Party is deeply infiltrated by lovers of self, lovers of money, and the tyrants that placed them there. It is now up to the people to rectify or abolish this treason. Yeah, I know. I was getting dramatic, guys, because uh, I was just I was just feeling it like, I don't know. It was probably just the influence of those quotes. But uh, I've, I believe that these are true statements. These are my truths anyways, guys. Definitely my truths. And uh, I'm just saying, guys, like we cannot. They're all they're all there for a reason. The people who are there. Right. And very few of them are there to actually restore this republic and give the power back to the people. Very few of them, ladies and gentlemen, are there for that reason. If it's not reasons for self or for money and notoriety, it's because they're beholden to whomever put them in that position. Or maybe they are under duress into being in that position by whomever put them into that position. But very few of them from Capitol Hill down to each individual state house in this union, very few of them are there to actually assist, help, maintain, and restore the republic. Ladies and gentlemen, they're not there for that. And so it is now up to us, ladies and gentlemen. We, we have to come, I don't know, we'll all, we will all reach that moment of recognition and acknowledgement in our own time, in our own way. But I'm just saying, uh, we're the, we are the only ones who can do it, guys. I mean, as fortified by all of those thoughts and quotes by our founding fathers, they understood just and well that the people are the only ones that can stop what is happening today in these United States of America, guys. And so if it sounds like I'm hanging up my hat on the Republican Party, you know, um, we've, I mean, who, who's going to make a better shot at restoring the Republican Party to the party of the people and the party of law and order? Who's going to do a better job than President Trump did when he was publicly, actively, and optically in office those four years, right? I mean, well, you know, when he makes his comeback, right? Or, or if we have a, a, a supplement to Donald Trump as a comeback, whatever it might be, if they are true to whom they are and, and if their intentions are true to what they share with us, we may still be able to revive the Republican Party to the party it used to be. But if not, ladies and gentlemen, we have some serious questions to ask ourselves. And if we already recognize for over a century now, probably, we've had a uniparty that is just, you know, um, um, a, a charade of two major parties, one hijacked and one created for deception. Do we need to maintain that? Do we need to maintain that symbolically? Does that, that mean that we are America as long as we have a Republican and a Democrat party? Can we not separate from that if it has been such poison to us?
right? I mean, I guess once we get there, we'll know, guys. But I guess I am just absolutely putting it out there on the table, guys. I'm just putting it out there, guys, because we may have to make that decision, you know? What if there's some huge upset come November or come 2024 and President Trump ends up having to run as third party? Hmm? Hmm? I'm just tossing that out there, too. That's total, total uh, conspiracy theory, nut job, uh, you know, speculation there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> total, total speculation. Anyhow, guys. So, all right. Those are my thoughts for today. All right. Thank you for uh, thank you for uh, <laughs> sitting around my soapbox. <laughs> Uh, let's let's get into some Trump stories before we get into tonight's main report. And just so you guys aren't waiting anymore, we are going to talk about gun control and gun uh, rights, right? Second Amendment uh, on the heels of the Uvalde shooting. That is one of the main dishes on the menu tonight. And the other dish on the menu for tonight absolutely is going to be... Catching up with the World Economic Forum, ladies and gentlemen. What have they been talking about over there in Davos? Do any of y'all know? It's it's interesting. I mean, it's nothing that we wouldn't expect, guys. Nothing that we wouldn't expect. But, you know, when they actually start speaking these things and putting it down on paper, we should probably take note, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So, uh, first Trump story... Uh, in the case of Letitia James, uh, New York AG's witch hunt against President Trump and his family, a judge has ruled that Trump will have to testify, ladies and gentlemen. So she's at least, at least Letitia James is going to get to go out on a, I got President Trump in court on the stand, right? That's what, uh, Cy Vance Jr. was trying to do. Didn't work for him, right? He retired early that year. It was not a very Merry Christmas for Cy Vance that year, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hey, Pamela Roll, what's going on? Good to see you. Haven't seen you in a minute. Thanks for joining us here tonight as well. And uh, let's see, what else we got? Who else, who else popped into here that I hadn't seen before? I saw one other name, I think. Oh, Kiss. Kiss, how are you doing, Kiss? Good to see you. Thank you again for your graphics. If any of you guys over at um, Foxhole or Pilled noticed my new profile graphic and, you know, the one that comes up in the menu, that was all KISS. Thank you so much for doing that. I can't tell you how terrible I am at making graphics, right? I already got enough stuff I got going on over here. <laughs> it's much appreciated, KISS. And thank you for gifting the cookie as well. Thank you so much. Glad to see you in the audience. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go, guys, and you know how they say, where we go one, we go all, so I guess we're all going. All right, all aboard. The Sea Report, ladies and gentlemen, President Trump set to testify in Letitia James's witch hunt against he and his family. Let's see what this article has to... That's not an article. Oh, I remember now. <laughs> that's not an article. That's another picture. Guys, I was like, I couldn't figure out what photo to use for this segment, right? So I figured... If I wrote a caption for each of these photos, what would they say? Now, this one obviously would be the Karen Letitia James coming out and being like, you can't do that, Donald. How dare you, you white boy from up north, right? And he'd be like, geez, these people, I tell you, they just don't stop, right? That's that face that he's making. That's a, yeah, I'm going to caption some pictures. Okay, guys, forgive me. Okay, I told you we had a full show. Now, this picture is when the Karen is just out of control, right? 
And it's no longer, gee, these people. It's more like, these people. <laughs> They're crazy, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, the one I think I'd settle on, though, is the one where the Karen gets angry because she lost. And President Trump just sits there in his resolve and was like, I told you. <laughs> I told you. Uh, hey, Victoria, what's up? Good afternoon. Good evening. Thank you for gifting the can. And on Stono. Ooh, that's a brand new name to the audience. Good to see you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm sure you're in the company of friends, right? All right, let's get on to this report, guys, so uh, we can figure out what the heck is going on with this witch hunt and President Trump. It says, um, President Donald Trump and two of his children must testify in the investigation headed by New York Attorney General Letitia James. A panel of judges ruled on today, May 26th. The panel of New York Supreme Court justices said that the Trumps had not proven that they were treated differently from any similarly situated persons, rejecting arguments that the Trumps were politically targeted by James, a Democrat who campaigned on the promise to investigate Trump. And isn't it isn't it funny that that is one of the main factors that makes their case different from anybody's? Has anyone else in a similar case had a campaigning New York AG declare that they were going to take them down and investigate them? I don't think anyone else has, right? I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, maybe there was a mobster out there somewhere that uh, felt that kind of a flack like back in the day. But, um, you know, the, the time difference there is a little disparaging for me. But then again, you know... The judges over in Michigan thought that uh, they were going to have to award 80 million citizens each to have their own individual audit of the election. So I guess stupider things have come out of the mouths of judges, ladies and ho, ho, wait, I was going to say as Supreme Court judges, Contanja Brown Jackson, I stand, I don't stand corrected, I stand fortified on that thought. <laughs> Anyways, guys, okay, back into the article. It says here, uh, the panel, uh, wait, I think I already read that one. Uh, it says here, uh, the political campaign and other public statements made by James about uh, appellants do not support the claim that James's office initiated or is using the subpoenas in this civil investigation to obtain testimony solely for use in a criminal proceeding or in a manner that would otherwise improperly undermine appellants. I always have a hard time with that word. I don't know why. Privilege against self-incrimination, the panel said. The justices also said that because there is no indication James was going to grant immunity to the Trumps to secure their testimony, subpoenas she issued did not frustrate any right to testify with immunity. The panel consisted of Justices Rolando Acosta. I wonder if he has any relation to Alex, right? A Patterson appointee. And Anil Singh, Peter Moulton, and Tanya Kennedy, all Cuomo appointees. A lawyer for Trump did not respond to a request for comment. The decision which upheld an earlier ruling from New York Supreme Court Judge Arthur Engeron could be appealed to the New York Court of Appeals. In an appeal on February 28th, Trump asked justices to overturn or stay Engeron's order, which rejected a bid to quash the subpoenas. 
James office was violating the rights of the Trumps because it is a law enforcement agency participating in a criminal prosecution of them at the same time it is seeking their testimony in the case in question, which is a civil suit, the appeal stated. Lawyers for Trump also alleged that James was engaged in impermissible selective prosecution against the Trumps. She campaigned on it, right? She campaigned on prosecuting Donald Trump. James is investigating the Trump Organization, a Trump family business. She has said she found indications that the company's financial documents contain material misstatements and omissions and said getting answers from Trump, Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka Trump would help determine who is responsible for the issues. In a statement after the new ruling, James said, once again, the courts have ruled that Donald Trump must comply with me, myself and I. Uh, but uh, she told the press, our lawful investigation into his financial dealings. We will continue to follow the facts of this case and ensure that no one can evade the law. Well, you know, I have my theories on that, guys. Other than the fact that we have a Salem witch trial about to convene in New York, right? Same, but it's probably the same judges reincarnated on this panel as they were during the Salem witch trial. I know I'm being extremely facetious there, guys. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I just, I have to find my Garland Favorito moment, guys. I have to find my Garland Favorito moment. And my Garland Favorito moment says, well... You know, if um, they make this move against Trump and he comes out right or wrong, say he comes out right, totally vindicates what, what, whatever, uh, whatever it is that they're accusing him against. But if he comes out wrong, what if that exposes this entire loophole that people in his position have been using for years and years and years, right? There's my Garland Favorito moment. All right, guys, <laughs> there's my silver lining, ladies and gentlemen, there's my silver lining in this case. Either way, I'm sure things will go as they should, as needed, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, next President Trump story, President Trump is headed to Texas. Uh, in fact, he'll be here tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Tomorrow he will be in Houston, ladies and gentlemen, as part of the... Uh, Conference for the National Rifle Association, uh, which already has resulted in much scandal, as I'm sure you all can imagine, uh, on, uh, in the wake, no pun intended, of this mass shooting tragedy that occurred here in Texas in Uvalde. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of new details kind of coming out about that, guys, and actually we'll go through a little bit of that in a minute. But yeah, of course, you know, uh, you know that the left and the anti-gun lobby and everyone on that side of the line is just going bat crazy because President Trump has decided to still speak at this conference. Now, think about the timing of it, guys. And I know other people have said it before, right? But I have said it as well, you know, as far as timing goes. But, um, you know, the NRA, they're going to have a convention, right? Like what a few days removed from this tragedy i mean you know that's not going to go well to shape public opinion on such an organization right half of the people who are not even anti-gun lobbyists are just going to think it's in bad taste right to have a conference where you support guns and you know children were just 
killed at the hands of a murderer who is wielding a gun, right? So um, let's see what this article says in brief. I think this is from the Gateway Pundit. Trump will still speak at NRA convention, says America needs real solutions and real leadership in this moment. President Donald Trump said that he will still speak at the National Rifle Association conference this weekend because, as we just stated, America needs real solutions and real leadership in this moment. Democrats, including Alexandria Occasional Cortex, have been calling for the conference, which is taking place in Houston, Texas, to be canceled in the wake, no pun intended, I'm sure, on their part as well, of the school shooting at Robb Elementary in Uvalde on Tuesday. Um, President Trump said in a truth statement we shared yesterday, America needs real solutions and real leadership in this moment, not politicians and partisanship. That's why I will keep my longtime commitment to speak in Texas at the NRA convention and deliver an important address to America. In the meantime, we all continue to pray for the victims, their families, and for our entire nation. We are all in this together. And of course, you know, when Whoopi Goldberg read that statement, she punched a Republican in the face, right? She's like, don't you dare be talking about prayers and thoughts. I'll punch a Republican in the face, right? Oh, but you know what? That was just a gesture of love, ladies and gentlemen, a gesture of love, right? That's how we're supposed to interpret what these people do. Trump is the keynote speaker for the first night of the conference, which is taking place uh, from May 27th tomorrow through Sunday the 29th. Uh, Texas Governor Abbott, uh, Greg Abbott, and Senator Ted Cruz are also still planning to speak at the event. So there you have it. That is what's going on tomorrow. Uh, Another interesting factoid about tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, we have this little piece of his, uh, information here. Apparently, firearms will be banned at tomorrow's NRA convention, right? Now, I'm kind of like, that doesn't sound good, right? Like, all of a sudden, they're putting on blast that the National Rifle Association is going to be a gun-free zone, we know what happens at gun-free zones, right? Okay, so the whole nation knows now. Can you imagine how many sick and debilitated, like, Antifers and BLMers, right? Well, I guess they don't really use guns, right? They use, like, I don't know, bags of piss and, and poop, right? That's their, that's their main weapon of choice. And, and uh, Captain America shields, right, with a little communist sickle painted on it. Um, but you know, guys, like, uh, I, I was just like immediately like, this is danger, right? We've been talking about like, it seems like an extended period of time that false flag season is not over ladies and gentlemen, and don't mince my words. I am not saying, nor have I ever said, nor do I really believe that the Uvalde shooting was a false flag. I don't think it was right. I, I honestly don't think it was, um, were there outside influences? Possibly. On that child, possibly, right? But one thing that is for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is that, as should be expected, as uh, we would probably be disappointed if they didn't, guys, the left, the Democrats, progressive, communist, socialists, all of the above, 
exploiting this situation to push their agenda. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a second. Let's see why the NRA decided not to allow guns at their conference. Could it be because maybe they're afraid that there's going to be a uh, an infiltrated NRA member, right? Uh, like, you know, a... Uh, I don't know, uh, an ISIS agent or a, a Ukrainian Nazi refugee, right? Someone from Afghanistan, a refugee, or, you know, who's actually a terrorist or, or a Nazi from Ukraine, refugee, again. Or someone else who snuck in through the border, right, that filled out their NRA membership just so they could get at them, right? And they go in there with their gun and they light it up. Maybe. I don't know. I guess that could be a possibility. You know how many people, you know how the left acted out so emotionally and ragefully and hatefully after what happened, right? I don't need to go over the stories. I'm sure you guys have heard all about them for the last two days, right? About F this and F you and F that and F all of this, right? Coming from uh, professional, right? Politicians, Anyways, let's look at this article. Let's see what the reasoning was here. I apologize. It's not an immersive, guys. It's annoying. But here we go. Guns will be banned at President Donald Trump's Friday speech at the National Rifle Association's annual leadership forum. So it's only going to be on Friday, I guess, that they're going to ban these guns. Attendees at the Houston speech will be prohibited from carrying their firearms during the 45th president's address, according to a report, right? Like, my blood just freezes when I read a statement like that. I'm like, but, but, but they would be there to protect him if there was a shooter. Anyways, you know, you know, I mean, it's, I would not, I would not uh, put it over any crazy lefty from using that, um, you know, as a, a, a an entryway into some type of other terrible um, occurrence. Uh, it says Trump's speech will come in the wake of the Uvalde mass shooting, which saw gunmen murder at least 21 people, including 19 elementary school students. The ban on guns during Trump's speech was handed down by the Secret Service, according to the NRA. Okay, so maybe the Secret Service knows something that uh, we don't know. Under the ban, those in the audience will not be allowed to carry firearms, firearm accessories, knives, ammunition, laser pointers, pepper sprays, toy guns, or backpacks. The report noted all attendees will be subjected to a magnometer magnetometer search prior to entering the speech hall, according to the NRA. The Secret Service has the authority to preclude firearms from entering sites visited by our protectees including those located in open carry states, a statement from the agency read. So, uh, well, there you go, guys. Now, uh, how are you going to argue with that, right? How are you going to argue with that? I mean, it was much the same at the um, American Freedom Tour, you know, Magno mag magnetometer, you know, the, the good old wand, the good old, I, I'm going to take away your lighter because you can start a mass fire with it. Jeez, right? Yeah, well... It's not like I could smoke in there anyways, but all right, that's the situation coming up on Friday, guys. That is tomorrow for President Trump's speech at the National Rifle Association Conference here in Texas in Houston. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors, 
we don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the Sea Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm/theseareport. And thanks y'all. You read it correctly, ladies and gentlemen. The MSM, the legacy media, the lamestream, shamestream, mainstream, fake news, legacy, propaganda, mockingbird, media, and the Democrats, right, have been telling us and selling us particular details about what happened on Tuesday in Uvalde, right? And as the reports are starting to fly out, ladies and gentlemen, um, it seems that some of these details are not up to par. In fact, many of them have been proven to be falsehoods altogether. Now, does this make a false flag? Does this make it a fake occurrence, a rigged occurrence, right? Are we going to have to suffer the fate of Alex Jones if we dare say that uh, no one died there, right? I don't think we're going to go that far, right? I don't think we're going to go that far. You know, we're not going to go that far. Uh, but what it does suggest, particularly to those of um, uh, the savvy nature in regards to their operations, you know, uh, of course, an understanding, a knowledge of it, uh, not even not even necessarily researching it. It's just... You see how they operate, right? And uh, it has been said before that uh, when a Democrat is in office, the guns go flying and the bodies hit the floor, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Not to sound uh, morbid or anything like that, but uh, yeah, their narrative, guys, their narrative, right? There we go. And, you know, it is it is right on par with fake news, guys, because what is it that they're trying to tell us, right? And and it's it's very particular in this situation. You know, it's not like they're talking about some uh, some I don't know ethno uh, eth- eth- was it eco fascist neo Nazi ultra nationalist white guy uh, and and plant um, a manifesto of right wing conservative uh, extremism. No, it's not like that, guys. Not like that at all. Um, but what we do have in an effort again to take away the guns and the rights to bear arms of the people of America, law-abiding citizens. For whatever reason it is that they want those guns, guys, and we know what that reason is, guys, but they are still using it to strip them of it. But a very different picture gets painted of exactly what happened that day just based on the sequence of events that are now unfolding, right? We were told that uh, uh, Salvador, whatever his name was, I I really shouldn't even say the guy's name, right? This sick child, okay? The sick child who um, uh, shot his grandmother, crashed his car or his truck, whatever it was, 
into our on-school property, got out of the uh, truck or car, went into the school and did what he did, right? And uh, Border Patrol agents responded immediately um, and they killed, they killed him, you know, which was not what was being reported to start, right? All the reports I saw said that a uh, suspect was in custody, ladies and gentlemen. Not what I heard at all. But, you know, you know, uh, a lot of details are being missed there. And where is the left taking it, right? Where is the left taking it? You know, they're taking it as uh, 18-year-olds should not be allowed to purchase AR-15s. You know, I don't even know how much an AR-15 costs. I don't know how much a shotgun costs. I go to the pawn shop and I'm like, that's how much a pistol costs? That's what a Glock costs? I don't even want to know what an AR-15 type of a weapon costs. Uh, price on that is guys <laughs> because I don't get enough gold pills for that guys <laughs> like uh, it's no shade all it's no shade no tea no no tea no shade no pink lemonade ladies and gentlemen but um that's where we're going with this right for further restrictions that it gets a lot juicier than that guys it just give me a second to I'm just warming up right I'm just warming up let's take a look at some of the variations that are now present in how the legacy media and the politicians have been reporting on this story. Uh, I think the two of these articles are coming out of Breitbart. Shock. DPS reveals Uvalde shooter entered through unlocked doors. There were no armed school officers. Okay. Well, you know, we could probably expect that, right? Because after all, during the whole defund process, were not Democrat and left-leaning politicians fighting to remove security or school officers from campuses? Was that not part of that agenda? You know, uh, on top of defunding, uh, you know, police, period. Article says the Texas Department of Public Safety revealed Thursday that the gunman who murdered 19 children and two teachers in Uvalde on Tuesday, walked into the school through an unlocked door and did not encounter any school police. Previously, the media had been informed that the 18-year-old who carried out a mass shooting at the Robb Elementary School had been confronted by an armed school resource officer outside the school and had exchanged gunfire with him. Why do you think that's a detail that they would lie about or omit? Uh, did they already successfully get the armed guards out of Uvalde School District? Or is there something else going on here, guys? Uh, another type of painting is what is starting to come out of this. And I'm not going to get into conspiracy land, but it's kind of hard not to. And I'm not going to get into false flag land because if you say the words false flag in reference to a mass shooting with children, the legacy media and the politicians and everyone on the left will interpret that as Mr. C said it was fake. They hear false flag and they hear fake. And then they assume that you are saying the entire event was fake and no one was murdered. And we have to be careful about how we word these types of stories. Now, guys, you know I am not one to self-censor. You know, when it came to a ScrewTube and Facebook and Twitter and all of them, I was like, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna not say COVID-19 or, you know, the 2020 election was stolen. Screw that. Uh, but uh, 
interesting enough, there are a little bit, I think, heavier implications here, guys. So I guess depending on your definition of a false flag in reference to this event, take it as you will. Take it with a grain of salt. Take it with a shot of whiskey, guys. Don't make no difference to me. But we're just going to go through the information presented here. Now, it says here, on Thursday, DPS Regional Director Victor Escalon told reporters that at 11.28 a.m. on Tuesday, after the gunman crashed a pickup truck near the school, he began his attack. The gunman climbed a four-foot high chain-link fence around the school and fired at the school as he approached it. He fired at the school as he approached it. He also fired at two eyewitnesses at a funeral home nearby. By 11.40 a.m., he had approached the west side of the school. He was not confronted by anybody outside the school, armed or otherwise. Escalon added that there was no school resource officer on campus and that the first report came to police at 11.30 a.m., 10 minutes before he uh, approached the west side of the campus, okay, uh, of the school, the building. Though said it was still uncertain, though said it was still uncertain, it appeared that the shooter had entered the building through an unlocked door. He said that further investigation could reveal that the door was unlocked, but that at the moment it appeared to have been unlocked. Okay. Uh, they, I, they clearly got this story out quickly because I don't even understood what I just read. Okay. Though he said he was still, it was still uncertain, it appeared that the shooter had entered the building through an unlocked door. He said that further investigation could reveal that the door was unlocked, but, that at, but at the moment, it appeared to have been locked. Okay, all right, cleaned it up a little bit. Escalon added that local police responded 16 minutes after the crash at 11.44 a.m. and entered the building but retreated after an exchange of gunfire in which some officers were apparently wounded. Law enforcement then waited outside the building for an hour. Yeah, that's right, guys. I really don't have anything to say about, I mean, I'm, I'm almost speechless. Kid was in the school for an hour. There were apparently some negotiations with the gunman who had barricaded himself inside a fourth grade classroom there were few gunshots during that hour. So I guess he'd done most of his whatever he thought he was doing. Fox News reported that most of the killing happened earlier or early, though it was not apparent whether some of the victims who were wounded in the first minutes of the rampage could still have been saved. That's sad. The shooter was killed in an exchange of gunfire with a Border Patrol tactical officer who later rushed into the building. That's right. I'm interested to know exactly how many law enforcement officers were there, right? How many law enforcement officers were there during that hour and it took one Border Patrol agent or tactical officer to rush in, you know? Because I'm sure you guys have heard the stories about the mother who was arrested because she tried to go and save her child or, or the father who was tackled to the ground because the officers were not doing anything. I'm sure you guys have heard those stories, right? I'm sure you guys have heard those stories. 
Uh, report, Texas shooter barricaded himself for 40 minutes as police waited, right? Now, headline reads like they're not negotiating. Uh, headline reads like they're standing out there with some uh, coffee and donuts, just doing what they're told to do, right? And that is what? Maximum damage, maybe? The shooter who killed 19 children and two teachers at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, on Tuesday reportedly barricaded himself inside as police waited outside for 40 minutes. According to people who were present at the scene, terrified parents were yelling at police officers to charge the school for 40 minutes until a border patrol team finally took him down. Go in there, go in there, parents reportedly shouted. Representative Tony Gonzalez told CNN the standoff occurred after shots had been fired, during which there was a lull in the action, he said. And then the shooting stops and he barricades himself in. That's where there's kind of a lull in the action. All of it, I understand, lasted about an hour, but th that this is where there's kind of a 30-minute lull, right? A lull for who, right? A lull for the blood that's passing out of the veins of these kids? I don't think so. They feel as if they've got him barricaded in. The rest of the students in the school are now leaving. What about the kids who are still in the classroom? Or did he take out the whole classroom, right? Did he take out the whole classroom? Were there still, you know, you know, come to think about it, guys. Uh, there was another story out of um, the Epoch Times. I'm not sharing it tonight, but it was a nine-year-old boy who was there. So, yeah, I guess some of them did get out of that classroom alive. Um, it was tragic. It was, it was, it was crazy to read guys, but, um, yeah, he, 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 uh, he told them, he told them the story guys. He told them what he experienced firsthand witness. Raul Ortiz guy. I wonder if that's the Raul I know. Raul Ortiz, chief of the U S border patrol said police came up with a plan as quickly as they could. Officers reportedly had engaged the shooter before several members of the Border Patrol tactical team, a search and rescue responder, and a few other agents went in after the gunmen. Now, why couldn't uh, regular Uvalde, uh, you know, um, law enforcement officials have done that? Uh, they're not trained for it, right? I don't know. Speak and easy. Explain that to me, right? They didn't hesitate. They came up with a plan. They entered that classroom and they took care of the situation as quickly as they possibly could, Ortiz outlined. Parents still expressed frustration with the, same, with, with the time that passed before the shooter went down. Some even proposed rushing into the school before the police. Let's just rush in because the cops aren't doing anything like they are supposed to, said Javier Caceres. Oh my God, you know, that's Caceres with a Z, right? Minus two S's, all right? Don't be, don't be fooled, guys. I didn't know one of my cousins was in this story, I promise, okay? <laughs> But just so you know, the S came before the Z, right? As far as, uh, it doesn't matter. Let me finish this article. Okay. Um, uh, said Javier Casares, or Casares, let me say it right, the, uh, the, the um, correct uh, fluently speaking way. Uh, Casares, whose fourth grade daughter died in the attack. Oh man, one of my cousins. More could have been done, he said. They were unprepared, he added. Yeah, and you know, I already know two people who were affected, their families were affected by this, um, I mean, you want to say tragedy, guys, but it's, 
It's just, it's unconscionable. The timeline of events shows that the shooter had run into the school with his AR-15 rifle after crashing his truck into a ditch outside. He then shot at two people outside a funeral home nearby, as we just described in the previous Breitbart article. The shooter then charged into one classroom and committed the massacre before barricading himself inside. All those killed were reportedly in the same classroom. The bottom line is law enforcement was there, said Department of Public Safety Director Steve McGraw. They did engage immediately. They did contain Ramos in the classroom. Juan Carranza, who witnessed the event, believed the police should have charged sooner. There were more of them. There was just one of him, said Carranza. Tragic story, right? Tragic story. And... um tragic occurrence right it's not a story it's it's an occurrence and uh it's an event it's it's real life right not just someone sitting on the other side of the screen sharing with you guys a little bit of hot information or news right we don't we don't go by if it bleeds it leads here right but of course of course as to be expected democrats leftist politicians all around Attempting uh, to exploit this by any me- by any means necessary. And uh, hey, Java, what's going on? How are you doing today, my friend? Good to see you. Java says, and the security cams somehow are not working. God, man. Yeah, I haven't dug that deep into it, Java. Have not dug that deep into it. They want us to be the next Australia. Oh, they would have it that way if they could, I'm sure. I am sure. <laughs> Timajet says you can get a decent functional AR for 500 bucks. Well, good to know. Thank you so much, Timajet. And Tracy Lee's still hanging out. I'm glad you guys are there. Yeah, Tracy Lee's like, where is everyone? It, you know, they are just enthralled by this information. That's what's going on. Okay, so let's let's hop into some of this exploitation of the Democrats, right? Of the leftists, you know of the left-leaning politicians and and all of their ilk, right? Um, It appears that the Democrats were attempting to pass a domestic terrorism overhaul of sorts, right? That would give, um, uh, who's it? The Department of Homeland Security, uh, basically like thought criminal type of powers, okay? Uh, It sounds very dramatic, right? Sounds like, oh, those conservatives, they ain't conservatives about the yarns that they spill about what the Democrats are doing, are they much, huh? Right? Well, let's see what it has to say. What is going on here? Okay, hold on. (laughs) Where did this come from? (laughs) And why is it not an immersive? Oh, I know why. Because it wouldn't go into immersive. Now, I went to one of the enemy papers to get their perspective and a little bit more clarity on what it was that they want. So you, you, you are welcome to cover your ears, but then you'll miss out on the information. Uh, from CNN, guys, Senate Republicans on Thursday blocked a bill designed to combat domestic terrorism from advancing in a key vote. That's right, guys, because we're about to look at what this really was. So let's see what they're telling you it was, okay? Okay. The vote comes as lawmakers are under intense pressure to take action in the wake. Everyone's using that word wake in the wake of multiple recent episodes of horrific gun violence. The final tally of the vote was 47 to 47. Senate Majority Leader Chuck E. Crying Chucky Schumer 
changed his vote from an A to a nay at the end in a procedural move. And of course, they're going to say, oh, sorry, guys, I didn't let me expand. You guys don't want to see the words of CNN, right? No, Uh, I apologize, you guys. I am not so entertaining to look at when I'm reading. Uh, It says here uh, uh, they're covering for Chucky Schumer. I don't know what was behind Chucky Schumer crying Chucky Schumer uh, voting against his party on this bill. But they say it was so that he could bring the bill back up again in the future if he wants. And maybe that is a strategy. I don't know how that works, right? Uh, The bill passed the Democrat-controlled House last week following a tragic mass shooting at a supermarket in a predominantly black neighborhood in Buffalo, New York. Right. They can't just say in a in Buffalo, New York. Right. They have to throw in that little race bait right there. But Republicans have pushed back against the measure put forward by Democrats, describing it as partisan and unnecessary. Oh, they describe it in so many other definitions other than partisan and unnecessary. Dear CNN. Um, Here it says the failure of the domestic terrorism bill in the Senate underscores yet again. Okay, how challenging it is that the rhino Republicans can be, right, right. Here's no surprise either. Only one Republican, Representative Cryan Adam Kinsinger of Illinois, voted for the measure when Democrat-led House approved it after the Buffalo supermarket shooting. The Justice Department is investigating that shooting as a hate crime and an act of racially motivated violent extremism because of a fake a fake uh, manifesto that someone planted somewhere in this guy's back pocket. So there's that, guys. Uh, The Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act of 2022 is what it was called, okay? Uh, Would set up offices specifically focused on domestic terrorism at the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Justice, and the FBI. The offices would track and analyze domestic terrorist activity with the goal of better preparing the federal government to identify risks in order to take preventative action. The bill creates a requirement for biannual reporting on domestic terrorism threats. It also calls for assessments of the threat posed specifically by white supremacists and neo-Nazis, right? So what are they going to do about all them refugees coming here from Ukraine that just so happen to be part of the nationalist, ultra-nationalist Nazi crowd being snuck into our country yet again, right? It's, it's, it's Project Paperclip all over again, right? What are we going to call it this time? Since they're not scientists and doctors. They're just blood-hungry, violent ultra-nationalists. Uh, let's see here. So that was that, that, that's what it would do. Right. And of course, every, uh, every Democrat in the house and the Senate, uh, uh, cries until they're black and blue that it would prevent mass shootings. This bill would prevent mass shootings. This bill would prevent hate crimes happening again. And, uh, MAGA Republicans are all bloodthirsty and they're all hateful and they're all, uh, uh, sick, twisted individuals because they just don't seem to understand that you have to take guns away in order to end gun violence in the world, which is completely ass backwards, ladies and gentlemen, completely ass backwards. We all know this, guys. We all know this. So um, let's see what this article out of the Epoch Times has to say about it, right? What do they have to say about it? Apparently some type of domestic terrorism overhaul. Is it just that? Senate Republicans block domestic terror bill claiming Democrats are creating thought police, right? 
it would kind of make sense, you know? I mean, they had this whole disinformation, misinformation, czar, you know, that, that Baphomet, that male-born freaking weirdo, Jenkowitz, right? Which now I'm hearing was actually just a, uh, she was just like a, a uh, the fall guy, right? The, the real, the real, she was just a ringer, right? The real, the real disinformation czar is coming soon from what I understand. But uh, it makes sense, you know, if they're going to they're, they're gonna initiate an office that judges and polices that, then they're going to need to give the proper tools and authorizations to the law enforcement or whatever these uh, agencies are to enforce what that czar says needs to be done. So could that be part of this, guys, of this overreaching overhaul? Uh, it says here, Senate Republicans on May 26 filibustered controversial House-passed legislation designed to combat domestic terrorism, but critics say that the, the bill is a thinly-veiled effort to create thought police for members of the military and law enforcement officers. The 47-47 vote comes as little surprise as Republicans have long been skeptical of efforts by Democrats to expand the reach of federal intelligence and law enforcement agencies. Senator, Senate Majority Leader Crying Chuck E. Schumer voted with Republicans to filibuster the bill to open up the possibility for reconsideration of the legislation at a later date. H.R. 350, dubbed the Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act of 2022, would authorize dedicated domestic terrorism offices within the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Justice, and the Federal Bureau of Investigations to analyze and monitor domestic terrorist activity and require the federal government to take steps to prevent domestic terrorism. Well, you know, that is pretty much carte blanche, right? For any of these agencies to spy and to point fingers and to act on it is what it sounds like to me. The legislation would establish a new domestic terrorism unit in the Department of Homeland Security which the bill says will be responsible for monitoring and analyzing domestic terrorism activity. More specifically, the Domestic Terrorism Unit would be responsible for investigating and prosecuting incidents of domestic terrorism and coordinating with the Civil Rights Division on domestic terrorism matters that may also be hate crime incidents. Further, the bill would establish a new domestic terrorism section within the Counterterrorism Division of the FBI. This proposed expansion of the FBI's power comes as the federal agency faces scrutiny for alleged overreach under the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act in light of a report showing that the agency spied on over 3.3 million Americans in several cases without a court-approved warrant. The DHS secretary, the attorney general, and the director of the FBI would be required under the Democrats' bill to ensure that each office authorized under this section in their respective agencies shall have not less than one employee dedicated to ensuring compliance with civil rights and civil liberty laws and regulations and require that all employees undergo annual anti-bias training. More CRT, more, what is that? What is it called now? Like self-loving, uh, curriculum no what is it uh, emotional support curriculum or i don't know soft emotions i don't know what it's called more of that guys more of that more division 
more breakdown, more compartmentalization of humanity into its own fighting segments. In addition, the leaders of DHS, the DOJ, and the FBI would be required to submit an annual assessment of the domestic terrorism threat posed by white supremacists and neo-Nazis, including white supremacists and neo-Nazi infiltration of federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies and the uh, uniformed services. Isn't it amazing how CNN managed to leave all of this information out of their article, right? All of this information omitted. And, you know, you got to wonder, guys, um, had we all fallen into dark MAGA, right? And and who knows, maybe they'll even end up eventually using ultra MAGAs against us because uh, ultra MAGAs like ultra right wing Nazi, ultra Nazi, right? Ultra. Isn't that like a, a, a Nordic or a, some a, a word from the Danes or something like that? Ultra, like Ultima Thule, right? And Nazis, right? I mean, they will jump any landmass bridge in order to get there, guys, right? In order to get to this point, you know, don't matter how big that gorge is or that ravine is between one thought and the other, they will find a way to do it. Even if they have to make a human bridge, they'll do it, guys. So, you know, they would totally use one's, uh, what? conspiracy theories about uh, stolen elections or, or, or about the uh, danger and the lack of efficacy of vaccines, those are neo-Nazis, right? Because they believe in America. They don't believe in open borders. They believe in a sovereign nation. They don't believe in uh, every Jack and Jill person, you know, coming across uh, illegally. Yeah, uh, Immediately and summarily would individuals like we, awake Americans, Trump supporters, uh, conservatives, we who bear the name Republican, at least for the time being, right, quickly painted as neo-Nazis, I'm sure, right? It doesn't matter anymore, guys. You know, I can be tan caramel Hispanic or, you know, uh, mocha chocolate black. I would still be a Nazi because after all, we have like some light-skinned Hispanic over at, uh, was that, America First, who claims to be a white supremacist. Crazy, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I'm like, you're, Fuentes is a Spanish name, isn't it? Anyways, you're not white. Why are you, uh, why are you fighting for the white cause so much, right? Yeah, basically supporting this entire, what was it, um, what was this, this other theory that they had? They're like, oh, white, all the white people believe in this and it's like, uh, uh, minority replacement syndrome or something like that? Like, why do we have some, like, Hispanic pipsqueak who's not even white pushing that narrative on his show claiming to be a patriot in America first? Go figure, Nick. I don't know what's up with that. Anyways, it's totally... It makes no sense. If you look at it, logically speaking, probably a paid operative. It says here... Let me get back to the article. Sorry, I'm, I'm starting to go off into tangents. Uh, in addition, the leaders of, oh, we already read that. Okay, so the bill would also institute new training programs purportedly designed to root out white supremacists and neo-Nazi infiltration of the military and law enforcement. Here I thought Darth, Darth uh, Lloyd Austin already did that, right? DHS secretary, the attorney general, and the director of the FBI shall review the anti-terrorism training and resource programs of their respective agencies that are provided to federal, state, local, and tribal law enforcement agencies, including the state and local anti-terrorism program that is funded by the Bureau of Justice Assistance 
of the Department of Justice and ensure that such programs include training and resources to assist state, local, and tribal law enforcement agencies in understanding, detecting, deterring, and investigating acts of domestic terrorism and white supremacist and neo-Nazi infiltration of law enforcement and corrections agencies, reads the text of the bill. Foreseeing First Amendment challenges to the bill, its sponsors included at the bottom of the text a disclaimer that nothing in this act or any amendment made by this act may be construed to authorize the infringement or violation of any right protected under the First Amendment, the Constitution of the United States, or an applicable provision of federal law. Of course, that way they can't strike it down like that, right? But uh, that ain't going to stop them from having, you know, an FF go on out there and then just uh, casting a massive dragnet over anyone that fits the description of the shooter. The bill does not appropriate a set sum to carry out enforcement of the act, but rather simply authorizes the DHS, the DOJ, and the FBI such sums as may be necessary to carry out this act. Oh, and that's how they're going to get the compliant people in there, right? They're going to suddenly get a real big payday if this thing were to pass, and they'll go along with it because, after all, they took care of them, right? An open blank check for these departments to work this into existence kind of sounds like, I don't know, hundreds of millions of Zuckerbucks just, you know, flooding into uh, the coffers of all of these, um, you know, election uh, centers across the country. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that those managers and those traffickers and every other election employee that did something crooked got a nice payday. We just need the receipts at this point, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, I'm sure that they're coming. You know, I've been saying it. Senator Rand Paul says the bill would create thought police for military and law enforcement. Uh, Senator Rand Paul, who has made a name for himself in the Senate for long-held opposition to civil liberties violations by federal agencies, blasted the bill in a speech on the Senate floor prior to the vote. Though the bill is ostensibly about domestic terrorism, Paul said the bill would be more accurately called the Democrat plan to brand brand and insult our police and soldiers as white supremacists and neo-Nazis. Well said, Senator Paul. These are young men and women who have given arms and legs, and I don't know of an example of some guy who says, oh yeah, we were blown up by an IED, but we've got to leave that guy because he's of a different race, Paul said. How insulting. So you're going to have a task force to investigate our soldiers This is going to be a federal agency that's going to go in and investigate our soldiers for white supremacy, he said. I guess read their emails, read what websites they go to, because the implication is they're guilty until they can prove themselves innocent. That's what this will set up. It will set up more government agencies that presume your guilt. But it's an insult to our armed services, to our police, and to anyone who works in law enforcement. This bill is an insult to every police officer in this country. This bill is an insult to everyone in our armed services. The new departments created by the bill, Paul said in a reference to George Orwell's 1984, are essentially going to be the thought police of the military. He continued, we just took down the Ministry of Truth, which was in the Department of Homeland Security. It took them a couple weeks to be finally uh, to be finally be ashamed that they were going to censor speech and the Biden administration had canceled it 
or at least put it on pause. I don't think that's why they canceled it. I think some video about uh, Jankowitz surfaced. That's what I think. I was like, oh, he's not post-op anyways. Okay, so Paul also ridiculed the bill for creating new departments at the DOJ and the FBI while also implying that these offices have been completely infiltrated by white supremacists and neo-Nazis. But again, none of the bill makes sense. It does not make sense because it was never a bill that was intended to become law, and it won't. It's a dumb Washington talking point memo masquerading as legislation, but it's also a grave insult to anyone involved in law enforcement and anyone involved in the military. Congressional Democrats have gotten so extreme, so radical, so out of touch with the American people that when they read it, they think this is something worthwhile to do. It's a messaging bill for today, Paul concluded. This bill will fail today, though, because the Democrats' message, hate the police, defund the police, the police are terrible people, the military are terrible people, it has been roundly rejected by the American people, and will continue to be rejected. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, pretty, pretty nice reading the words of Senator Rand Paul, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, as we all could have figured, and it's just it's what comes down the chute when these types of tragedies happen. It, it becomes a total question, right? Everyone forgot about Roe v. Wade, right? And all of a sudden people were concerned about the lives of children and babies, you know, and no one stops to think about that either. But uh, let's not pawn off on that initial distraction of Roe v. Wade, right? Um, let's stay on, let's stay on uh, course with this. It becomes a question of our rights to bear arms. It becomes a question of what the founding fathers intended. It becomes a question of the timeliness of certain documents uh, and, and a word battle and a battle of, uh, of uh, logic versus uh, I idiocy, <laughs> uh, extremely biased idiocy, ladies and gentlemen, about whether or not we should still, as Americans, as humans, have the right to bear arms to protect ourselves from whatever might come this way, ladies and gentlemen, whatever might come this way. Here's an interesting factoid that I discovered today. I don't know how many of you all are aware of this, but did you guys know that, oh, it must have been a mere five days, guys, five days before the mass shooting in Uvalde that killed 19 students and two teachers, the Democrats had already introduced a new gun control bill, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. The timing of this, right, guys? The timing of it. You mean to tell me that on the Thursday before the mass shooting, Democrats introduced a pretty strong gun control bill into session. Do you think that uh, the events of the shooting prior to this in Buffalo, New York, and the current one might sway or influence any of our legislators? Oh, well, we got to say yes, because the, uh, the tragedy just occurred. The crisis is in motion. We have to act now, right? We have to act now to pass this bill. I was like, really? Like, you guys are getting kind of obvious out there. So when you want to say false flag, maybe this is what we mean. 
we don't mean that it was a bunch of uh, crisis actors and fake dead children. That's not what we're saying. But yeah, I thought the timeliness of this was rather telling about intentions, specifically. Check out this bill. Democrats' new gun control bill. Federal license needed to buy one gun, confiscation, and a five-year limit on your license. Senate Democrats introduced a strict new gun control bill on Thursday that would require all Americans to obtain a five-year federal firearm license before purchasing a single gun. The bill also authorizes the government to confiscate an individual's gun if the license is revoked. The Federal Firearm Licensing Act would force Americans to undergo firearm safety training, including a written test and hands-on training, in order to receive a license. Gun buyers would also be required to complete a criminal background check, submit, finger, finger, submit fingerprints and proof of identity, and be over the age of 21. The bill would also force gun buyers to disclose identifying information on the firearm that the person intends to obtain, including the make, model, and serial number, and the identity of the firearm seller or transfer. Oh, you being a firearms register? Yeah. Oh, that's in the bill too. We're going to make a registry for firearm and gun owners so we know who to round up. Ladies and gentlemen, we know who to round up. Uh, goes on to say, according to the bill's text, the license issued would be valid for the purchase of a single firearm. Oh, wait, did I skip something? No, I didn't. It's unclear if additional gun purchases would require an entirely new license or if they are allowed at all. The bill also authorizes procedures to ensure that any firearm is removed for any individual when the individual's license is revoked. Confiscated firearms would only be returned to the owner if the license is reinstated. The attorney general could deny a license for numerous reasons, including if the applicant has a history of drug or alcohol abuse, has any recent acquisition of firearms, ammunition, or other deadly weapons, or has a history of unsafe storage or handling of firearms. Additionally, the legislation would make it illegal for any individual to sell or otherwise dispose of a firearm to a person unless they report the exchange to the attorney general. The legislation was introduced by, of course, Senator Cory Booker, uh, Bob Mendoza and Richard Blumenthal. The bill moves us in the right direction and is based on a simple concept. If you need a license to drive a car, you should need one to buy a and possess a gun. Senator Booker said in a statement, right, with his eyes bulging out. The Second Amendment Advocacy Group, Gun Owners of America, tweeted that the bill is a direct attack on Americans' guns' rights. Um... A reach, retweet if you agree. What you doing over there, Gun, Gun Owners of America? Why aren't you over on Truth Social? Maybe it's Retruth, actually. Retruth if you agree. These requirements are a direct attack on the Second Amendment and are blatantly unconstitutional. Written tests, fingerprinting, minimum age of 21, the group wrote. We will fight back. Five-year minimum, right? That's also pretty bad. A massive mile-wide... <laughs> 
That has nothing to do with this. So, well, there you go, guys. There you go. I mean, that's as obvious as the Democrats, like, gutting a bill about NASA and putting election laws inside of that bill with nothing whatsoever to do with NASA. I mean, actually, that was a little bit more egregious, guys, than this, you know, just because of the blatancy of the lie. But no, I mean, as far as the measure and the energy and the uh, vibe that they're putting into this bill, uh, all the red laws are there, right? All the red flag gun laws. And then, of course, all these other stringent, um, all these other stringent types of regulations, it, you know, and of course, you, you have to be able to exploit a crisis. That is their motto. That is their M.O. Uh, and of course, also, let's not forget to prevent actual bills that will assist in stopping shootings, right? Or preventing school shootings. Yeah, we're going to work against that, aren't we? Aren't we, Democrats? Aren't we leftist politicians? Uh, this article here, here, top Democrat blocks legislation aimed at preventing school shootings. Okay, so we got a bill here uh, sponsored by one Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. Okay, let's see. Let's see what happened. What was this bill all about? It says that Senate Majority Leader crying Chucky Schumer. I don't think I've said this man's name more times than I have tonight, guys. Craziness. Crying, I'm about to cry. Crying Chucky Schumer on May 25th blocked legislation that proponents say could help prevent school shootings. The bill, known as the Luke and Alex School Safety Act, would require the Department of Homeland Security to establish a clearinghouse on best school safety practices after consulting with education, justice, and health officials. It's pretty simple, says Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. It just creates a clearinghouse of information of the best practices for school safety. It ensures that parents, teachers, school officials, and other stakeholders have input into what those best practices are. It does not allow the clearinghouse to mandate any school to take any certain action. Maybe most importantly, it publishes the available grant programs and federal resources available for school safety. The bill is named for Luke Hoyer and Alex uh, Schachter, Schachter, Skater, I don't know, who were both killed when a man with a gun opened fire at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida in 2018. It is backed by the parents of the boys. It's a good idea, Johnson says. It could save lives. It is an action when people are calling for action following this tragedy. Johnson asked for unanimous consent for the bill. That enables a bill to pass with no recorded vote, but also opens up the possibility that a single senator will block the request. Schumer blocked it, referencing the mass shooting that took place this week in Uvalde, Texas. And uh, here we go, guys, with their lies. The sad truth about the shooting is that... Uh, the sad truth about that shooting is that hardening schools or ramping up prevention techniques and strategies would have done nothing to prevent it. In fact, there were guards and police officers already at the school yesterday when the shooter showed up. As has now been debunked, ladies and gentlemen, one was a school police officer 
Two were from the Uvalde Police Department. The shooter got past all of them with two assault weapons that he purchased. They couldn't stop him. The bill would not have protected those children. More guns won't protect our children. That is the wrong answer, so saith lying Chuck Schumer. Schumer said that he was open to adding the bill's language as an amendment to a bill he supports, but only if Republicans voted for the bill. Johnson responded, saying that he would not engage in partisanship other than to say it is just sad. And uh, indeed he does, ladies and gentlemen. Johnson says, it is just sad that this body can't pass this bill when about a month ago they passed an identical bill that applied to churches. This one applies to schools, and yet it's inappropriate, according to the majority leader, to pass this nonpartisan bill by unanimous consent. The Senate is in negotiations on different bills regarding guns, but with its 50-50 divide between Republicans and Democrats, or don't you mean Democratics, few bills, if any, are expected to be approved. That prompted Schumer to say that voters who want gun control measures passed should vote for Democrats in the upcoming midterm elections, right? I mean, it's just the same people who've been there this whole time and that didn't help them before. Anyhow, guys, anyhow. Huh. Well, guys, I mean, they will go to no ends to uh, stop guns from getting into the hands of law-abiding Americans. Um, I think we recognize that full on and fully. In regards to the Second Amendment, guys, those are quite some interesting stories, but we're not done yet with the entire gun topic. I mean, this might as well have just been a gun episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we're already at the top of the second hour, and I'm like, World Economic Forum seems to be getting further and further and further away from me. But we shall press on, guys. We shall press on. Uh, let's see what we got here next. Uh, you guys might recognize this photo if you were tuned in to Lone Star News on Sunday. Because uh, uh, on Sunday during Lone Star News, we shared the story about um, a school district in Texas, right? As if though it could not be any sicker of a joke, a school district in Texas wherein the people voted to allow teachers to be armed in order to protect their children. What a concept, right? What a concept. But again here, guys, again, um, this is maybe the measure that we should be taking, right? As we are being approached with all of these uh, um, sob stories and rage-filled um, um, diatribes about how guns kill people and, and how guns will only be effective when they're gone, right? And somehow, somehow, even the most wicked criminal will not be able to shoot another person because the guns will be gone. I mean, I, the, the reasoning, as you all know, everyone here and now, the reasoning is ludicrous. It is ludicrous. Literally. You fight unlawfulness with lawfulness. And guns cannot decide whether they're going to be unlawful that day or not, right? It is up to the wielder of that gun to decide exactly how they're going to uh, use it. But I know I don't need to tell you guys. Maybe I'm just stressing that 
logical point for anyone who might stumble across this broadcast or replay. So uh, let, let's take a quick look. Uh, we're going to rehash the story and we're actually we're going to change the photo because that looks like a shooter going in to take care of the kids. Here we go. Armed teachers in the classroom, right? Much more appropriate. Let's arm our educators. When we hear these people talking about, go, oh, let's just get rid of all the guns. Well, how about we arm our educators? What is exactly does that mean? Uh, what, if, what if it's a, what if it's a, a clumsy Butterfingers professor, right? Can't see worth the dime past the tip of his nose, and you want him to have a gun? Really? No, leftist crybabies. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, let's revisit this article that we shared on Sunday about the San Antonio area school district that allows armed teachers for classroom defense. Okay, we're just going to rehash it because it's a good story, guys. It's a good story. San Antonio area Lavernia Independent School District voted this week to allow armed teachers for classroom defense under Texas's um, um, SWESSEDSD. That's a typo. Uh, the Texas Association of School Boards sets forth the Guardian program. Okay, so it is under the Texas's Guardian program. What, what this gibberish here is, I do not know. Um, it says the Texas Association of School Boards sets forth the Guardian program under the authority of the federal GFSA and the Texas Penal Code. School districts can grant written permission for anyone, including designated employees, to carry firearms on campus. 18 U.S.C. subsection 922Q2BV and uh, Texas Penal Code uh, subsection 46.03A1A, an individual authorized by the district in writing to carry a firearm on school premises is not carrying the firearm pursuant to the individual's handgun license, but rather pursuant to the written authority granted under that subsection. So you can't say, oh, it's a, it's a no-gun zone because apparently the permission of the district supersedes that uh, license um, restriction. Uh, Ken's Five quoted Lavernia's Independent School District Safety and Security Director, Dr. Michael Defeck, as saying, the program arms qualified staff members to carry a concealed firearm on their person to protect staff and students in the event of an active shooter. KSAT notes that teachers who want to carry must meet the following requirements. 20 hours of classroom training, 20 hours at a firing range, passing an annual psychological examination, already have a license to carry, and also submit to random drug tests. All of which I'm sure is absolutely no problem for an educator, right? I mean, unless unless the educator is one of these sicko millennial groomer uh, CRT people, like activists, right? Educators are typically already upstanding citizens, right? They'd have no problem submitting to any of these um, requirements. And indeed, for the protection of our children, would we even need to question that? It's not like that's taking away our Second Amendment. It is further protecting our children. It, it is us walking that walk that we talk when we say others, responsible law-abiding citizens who have guns and training and all that, you know, all that stuff are more effective at ending gun violence than taking away guns. Okay. 
Uh, Jason Breith up a uh, Lavernia parent spoke in support of the Guardian program saying, it just seems like the bad guys get in every time with their guns. So if somebody can be there ready to go to protect my child, I'm all for it. Fox News observes that in addition to the Guardian program, Texas schools can also have one school marshal per 400 students who can carry a firearm. So those are already some of the provisions there. And of course, Lavernia uh, Independent School District, Lavernia, Texas, just short of San Antonio, going to be the safest school district in the state. I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, we got uh, two final gun control or gun Second Amendment stories, guys. And we're done with this topic du jour. And we're still doing pretty good, right? We're still doing good. Uh, let me go ahead and see. Uh, yeah. The next uh, story is another one about uh, armed teachers or arming educators to protect our children. Uh, this one by way of Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, who is calling for the arming of teachers. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com. That's www.thecreport.com. And be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pill.net. Tracy Lee makes a good point. We can't trust our teachers to keep their hands off our children. So dumb. Um, No, 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 no. That's not going to deter my point of view. I still say arm the teachers because guess what, Tracy? The ones that want to touch your children would not own a gun anyways, right? Think about it. Logic. (laughs) They're already anti-gun. Hello? They're afraid of them because they know if they touch your kid and uh, the parent owns one, they're probably going to get shot. (laughs) Hey, the Speak Uneasy. Welcome back up to the surface. Uh, speak uneasy too. another doubting Thomas, another man of little faith in humanity. The speak uneasy says, after the discussion of teachers last night, I'm iffy about armed teachers now. Oh my goodness. You guys have never met Garland Favorito, have you? You guys need some Garland Favorito in your life, okay? Look at the sunny side. Now again, guys, if that teacher wants to groom your child... If they want to teach you, teach them about systemic racism, they will not qualify to arm to be armed under the provisions at least set forth in Lavernia because they have to already have a license for one. <laughs> they already have to want to carry a gun. Most of them can't even look at a gun or touch a gun or be in the same room with a gun without like crying for their cisgender life, whatever that means. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore about that, but. Uh, I'm just saying, guys, unless you think that these people are just maybe the Antifers and the BLMers, right? Maybe they would be so hell bent on proving this 
new law, in Lavernia at least, uh, wrong, that they're going to go and get a gun and shoot up the school just to prove them wrong, right? I guess they could do that, but that's kind of far-fetched, right? That's kind of far-fetched. But hey, we can always agree to disagree. That's why I love my audience. Because civil discourse is the best way forward to advancing our understanding of one another and this planet and culture and life and society, etc. Okay, I'm getting, I'm getting it too far on it. Like I said, I, I okay, okay, guys, okay, guys, you're just distracting me. We're, we're we're already running a little behind. Okay, okay. I will contend and remain to contend that a pedophile will not purchase a gun because they don't believe in guns. Right? Anyways, okay. Unless they're just that extremist activist. I just, you know, I don't see it happening. I mean, I see it happening, but I don't see it happening. Anyway, let's talk about Ken Paxton, okay? Let's talk about our attorney general here. At least, uh, well, he's, he'll, he'll make it in uh, November. Uh, now, Ken Paxton is calling for the arming of teachers. And, and you know, uh, just as a food for thought, lady and gentleman... <laughs> How would you uh, how would you solve this problem then with the um, student marshals? I mean, I guess I would go for that, too. You know, law enforcement, state troopers, state marshals, whatever. I'm, I'm down for that, too. Anyways. OK, so Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has suggested arming teachers in the wake of an attack that left more than a dozen children and two adults uh, dead in Uvalde, Texas. During an appearance on News Mask, News Mask, Paxton said having teachers and staff trained in firearm defense and armed would make it more difficult for people even to get in that point of entry. First responders typically can't get there in time to prevent a shooting, he said. It's just not possible unless they have a police officer on camera on every campus, which for a lot of these schools is almost impossible. I think you're going to have to do more at the school because it typically involves very short periods of time and you have to have people trained on campus to react. I will take a brief pause here, guys, just to ask you this one last rhetorical question about your stance on this issue. Do you think that someone who wants to groom or molest your child or teach your child about systemic racism and CRT would pass a psychological evaluation? I mean, come on. Hello. Ah, uh, yes. Another point for Mr. C. Okay. So, yeah, oh God, you guys are so much fun. Okay. So it says here, um, uh, the comment comes after, okay, well, we don't need to rehash all the tragedies guys that these, uh, they're just doing their, their journal journalistic duty in uh, in creating a full and thorough report or story here. <clears throat> It says here, this is not the first time Paxton has suggested carrying weapons at places that are usually considered weapon-free zones as a means to combat potential threats. In 2015, he supported a law that allows license holders to carry concealed handguns on college and university campuses. In November 2017, following the Sutherland Springs Church shooting that killed 26 worshippers, he said that congregation members should consider arming themselves to better respond to similar results. Yup, yup, yup. I would have to say so. Oh, but then them religious fanatics, you know, them religious fanatics are going to go shoot it up just to prove someone wrong. Uh, he says in Texas, at least we have the opportunity to concealed carry. 
Um, and uh, that there's always the possibility that an attacker may be taken out before he has the opportunity to kill very many people. We've had shootings at churches forever. This is going to happen again. And so we need people in terms of professional security or in terms of arming the parishioners or the congregation so they that they can respond when something like this happens again. All right. So that is what uh, Ken Paxton is calling for. I would say I would say I have to agree with the man. But, you know, that's why I voted for him. All right, guys, please try not to uh, disparage me too much for this next story. But, you know, if anyone's going to do it, I'm going to do it, right? If anyone's going to do it, I am going to do it. Now, we've um, talked about several endearing qualities of this um, fighter for the First Amendment, this exposer of known uh, censorship, right? Now, I'm not going to take anything away from Elon, guys. I'm very neutral on this point. I'm just sharing the information, right? It just so happens that we've talked about him paying for abortions, right? Tesla in Texas will pay for any employee up to like $4,000 to leave the state and have an abortion. So he still supports the death of babies and infants. And I guess that means nothing compared to our free speech and uh, fighting censorship and exposing Twitter, right? Means nothing at all, right? Uh, we already know about his transhumanist tendencies, right? We know all about that, okay? So we don't really need to jump into how he believes that humans should combine with AI in order to make a superior human being and enter into some kind of meta world, which he might be using Twitter to compete with, you know, Zuckerberg, but I don't know. That's just random thought. Uh, we don't need to talk about how he supported Ukraine and he sent satellites over to the military, the same military that was using Ukrainians, innocent ones, as human shields, right? You know, don't got to talk about that. We don't need to talk about how he's going to vote Republican now. Oh, wait, that's a good point. I forgot. Because I also forgot that uh, the Republican Party, which is made up chiefly of rhinos, establishment types, globalists, and deep staters, uh, they're suffering for some funding and they're suffering for some support. It seems that uh, someone by the name of Trump and uh, some movement that is America first is just leaving them bone dry and penniless. But if you get someone like Elon Musk, who happens to be a pretty cool dude, right, with a company that's named after a pretty reputable man in some circles, uh, and you bring down Twitter and, and once again return them to their, you know, heyday of uh, make America great again, MAGA, Trump train, you know, uh, grandeur, that's going to help them put their trust back in the Republican Party. Why? Not because they trust the Republican Party, but because they trust Elon Musk, who fought for their First Amendment rights, who corrected that wrong of censorship, who exposed all of the algorithms and all of the bad money and all of the uh, notes and every little nook and cranny that that company put into censoring these uh, much, much scorned and uh, affected Awake Americans, Patriots, Trump supporters, Make America Great Again uh, supporters, and America First individuals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I said earlier in the broadcast that... Um, Are we taking our notes, right? 
Are we taking our notes now? I am not saying that this man is not maybe turning over a new leaf or maybe exploring another avenue of life and possibility or maybe his personality. Maybe he's like, I'm finally going to part with my billionaire globalist mother, right? Who throws up her 666 signs and her uh, uh, all-seeing eye symbols and probably also sucks on the blood of babies, etc. I'm finally going to break with my mom. And, and he's acting out by buying Twitter. <laughs> I'm just looking at the bigger picture here, guys. I am totally grateful that uh, we will now have on paper confirmed, just like in the court of law, but not uh, exactly how Twitter was censoring, uh, exactly how fake the platform was. Again, why anyone would want to go back on that platform, I still don't understand. It's great. It's a great time to see a big tech company fall like that. And we have to thank Elon Musk in chief for doing that. But I myself am not going to let go of his personal history of patterns and record. Okay. Like I said, if you want to get bit, if you want to get in bed with that thing, you get as much WD-40 as you can and you juice up that neck and you keep that head a swiveling guys. You keep those eyes open. Because once a snake, typically, usually, a snake, okay? And, you know, Elon Musk has never really done anything to say he's a snake, right? He's never, like, betrayed the people or done something so egregious besides, you know, pay for the abortions of babies. You know, I would say that's probably up there at the top. That's even beyond transhumanism, right? It's beyond transhumanism, even though both of them are ungodly. But we can forget about that. It's Elon Musk here, guys. He made Tesla. He, got, he has a space, you know, agency, etc. He's a billionaire, the richest man in the world, apparently. But uh, apparently, Elon Musk also believes in gun control. So I don't know, guys. I mean, I could live by the moment and be like, well, I'm all for him now because he's taken down Twitter. But then when he uh, starts talking about taking away my guns, how am I going to feel then? like a fool or a flip-flopper or someone that just does not have personal integrity on some issues. Now, I'm not saying that people who do that don't, but I am just saying maybe we should be aware of these stories. And that's the only reason why I share this information. You do with it as you will, ladies and gentlemen. I know on points of contention, there's no, uh, there's no reason to even try to persuade individuals. But we can still share the information and take it as we will. So let's talk about Elon Musk, the gun grabber, okay? In the wake of this tragedy that occurred on Tuesday, I figured why not, right? It was in the headlines. There were stories about it. What is the, I think this one's from the Gateway Pundit. We'll start with that, okay? There's two of them. Two of them. Uh, Elon Musk, special permit should be required for assault rifles. Rifles, right? I mean, any weapons assault, basically. Hmm. Okay, uh, it says here, early Thursday morning, Elon Musk tweeted his belief people should have to get a special permit in order to own assault rifles. He also stressed people buying such firearms should be well vetted. His comments came in response to Harvard Law graduate A.J. Delgado, who asked Musk his thoughts on the AR-15 discussion. Musk responded, 
On September 27, 2021, Breitbart News pointed to FBI figures showing more people are killed with fists and feet that year than are killed with rifles of any kind. The FBI's crime report showed 454 people were killed with rifles in 2020, while 657 were killed with personal or personnel weapons, which are defined as hands, fists, feet, etc. That means a total of 454 people were killed by perps using firearms that fall into the category of rifle. And in that category, the guns Democrats label assault weapons or assault rifles are but a fraction. Oh, oh, score one for Elon Musk, right? Breitbart News also pointed out FBI crime reports showed more than 3.5 times more people were stabbed to death in 2020 than were killed with rifles. The report shows 454 people were shot and killed with rifles in 2020, while 1,732 were stabbed or hacked to death with knives or cutting instruments. Now, I feel like that's not the total article, so let me pull it out of immersive real quick. Oh, I guess it is. Okay, well, just so you can see it, there indeed was a tweet where Elon made that statement. Assault rifles should at minimum require a special permit where the recipient is extremely well vetted, in my opinion. Now, I know some people out there are going to be like, Mr. C, it's nothing but a little red flag gun law. It's no worse than Dan Crenshaw, right? Uh huh. <coughs> Did I say Dan Crenshaw? And then I'm going to be like, that doesn't prove that he's a gun grabber. A tweet where he also defends guns? Is he being duplicitous? Is he being genuine? Or is he trying to take some of the heat off of supporting red flag gun laws? Basically, I mean, extremely well vetted. What does that mean? Does that mean that law enforcement should ask your uh, estranged ex-girlfriend whether or not you are mentally healthy or stable? Because that's a pretty wide open statement, if you ask me. Is that just being too obtuse to see beyond the fact that Elon Musk has freed Twitter and exposed them for what they are? Here's one last article. South African-born Tesla CEO Elon Musk demands strict gun control in order to further restrict the rights of United States citizens. Oh, that's a pretty strongly worded title for a headline. The South African government stripped Musk of his censorship. Uh, <laughs> they stripped him of his censorship. They stripped him of his citizenship in 20, 2002. So Elon Musk backs tight background checks for all gun sales in wake of mass shooting in Texas. Uh, we'll skip the key points and get right to the juice. Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk called for tight background checks for all gun purchases while also backing gun ownership as a safeguard against political tyranny. Political tyranny, not even to save the children, guys. And this came a day after a lone gunman killed at least 19 children and two adults in Uvalde. In an email to CNBC, Musk blamed the media for giving murderers the attention he believes they crave by covering mass shootings. Is that another point for Elon, right? I'm not playing volleyball with this man, you know? Regarding recent events, the shooters are obviously doing this to generate the most amount of attention possible. Why is the media doing exactly what the mass murderers want? Because Elon, don't you know 
something called uh, the World Economic Forums happening right now? Don't you know something uh, called election fraud exposures happening, which apparently he championed? Do any of you guys remember Elon Musk saying anything about election fraud or election integrity? Because, you know, I've been covering every single story that I find about election fraud and election integrity for the better part of almost two years. And I've never once came across a story where Elon Musk was like, you know, the elections were stolen, right? Oh, I'm Elon Musk, the most uh, uh, wealthiest man in the world. Never has that story come across my desk. But if you guys got a copy of that story, I would love to read it. Okay. I'm still not playing volleyball with Elon Musk, though, okay? I'm still not going to volley with the man. Anyhow, he points out that uh, the media is giving them attention, okay? The media is giving them attention. I mean, I kind of think that, at least in the case of this sick child on Tuesday, he probably was starving for attention. But I think if he really wanted attention... He probably would have sent his Instagram tweet, not to his handler, right? But maybe to like a news reporter or someone at the news station if he really wanted that kind of attention. Anyways, I'm just saying, okay. Uh, It says here, uh, Musk companies have a big footprint in Texas. Electric vehicle makers, Tesla moved uh, company headquarters to Austin from California. Yes, we know this. Due to the Lone Star State's less stringent business regulations and state and local incentives worth about $64 million. Tesla officially opened a massive new vehicle and battery factory near Austin in April. Musk also runs SpaceX, which launches reusable rockets from Boca Chica in South Texas. The CEO has become more vocal politically in recent months, announcing earlier in May that he plans to vote Republican to help fill the coffers of the rhinos again, and they need someone cool on their side. Otherwise, how are they going to get them young Republicans back in the party? They're all flocking to Donald Trump before he waded into the gun control debate. He said in emails to CNBC on Wednesday that he supports tight background checks for all gun sales and limiting sales of assault weapons to people in special circumstances like gun range owners or people who live in a high-risk location like gang warfare. So I guess that means that Elon Musk thinks that you should not be able to own the broadly painted assault weapon unless you're a gun range owner or you live in a high-risk location. Wow, Elon. At least 19... Okay, we're not going to we're not gonna relive that moment, okay? Um, it says here, Musk said in another email to CNBC, I strongly believe that the right to bear arms is an important safeguard against potential tyranny of our government. Historically, maintaining their power over the people is why those in power did not allow public ownership of guns. But somehow, unless you live in 1990s Compton... According to Elon Musk, you should not be able to own a broadly painted assault weapon. How duplicitous. He's just being duplicitous. He's just making sure to save some of the people that he's losing, okay, by wanting tighter gun restrictions, by wanting to have these, uh, what, these, they're going to be overreaching, right? Regulations and requirements for whether or not you're mentally stable. Forbes ranks Musk as the richest person in the world, his net worth is over $200 billion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Twitter, banned, uh, Twitter banned Trump, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to relive that grand moment in time, okay, uh, when uh, Musk almost took over Twitter, which, again, I guess that was a big old, well, it's not a nothing burger, right? I mean, we're finding about algorithms and fake accounts. Yeah, that's a good thing. It just goes to discredit big tech even more. 
Thank you for that, Elon Musk. I appreciate it. Keep your uh, hands off our guns, though, buddy. Uh, let's see here. Then it goes into his being sexually harassed, right? Because if you're over the target, you're going to get you're going to get attacked, right? 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 More impetus for uh, for people who support him. Uh, let's see here. What else do we got? I think that's it. Elon had to get out of California, says Abbott, because in part of the social policies in California, and Elon consistently tells me that he likes the social policies in the state of Texas. Abbott said at the time after he introduced a near ban on abortions in the state. Does he realize that Musk is paying for abortions? Musk did not respond when asked if he would call Abbott to push him to strengthen background check laws at the time. The legacy media wants him to, hey, Abbott, I'll take you on a ride in a spaceship if you pass stricter gun control laws, right? And he might do it. First wheelchaired man in space, guys. Democrat lawmakers in Congress have called on their colleagues to pass comprehensive gun reform measures since the Texas shooting. In December, one Tesla worker shot and killed a co-worker in the parking lot of Tesla's Fremont, California factory. All right, guys. That must have been hard to swallow. Have fun over there, Tracy Lee 555. Tell them Mr. C's head hello. <laughs> oh, wait, that was 10 minutes ago. I might have missed her. Much love, Tracy Lee. Much love. Okay, guys. What do we got left on the menu for tonight? <laughs> oh, yeah, we got this. Before I forget. <laughs> That's Elon Musk. Gotcha. You thought I was on your side. Uh, you thought I was a good guy. Gotcha. Anyways, I know, guys, I'm heckling right now. I'm heckling and haranguing. I'm heckling and haranguing. Okay. Uh, one final story, guys. I had to share this one as well. Okay. Uh, because time and time and time again, we talk about the importance of uh, using prudence, discretion, and um, all just diligence when we're sharing stories. Okay. In part, the reason why... I ain't calling this a false flag to some extent of what I know, right? Was it suspicious that the cops did not rush in? Yes. Um, does it make sense, their reasoning for doing that? Well, not if you're one of the parents whose child was in that school. It doesn't, obviously. You know, but again, I, I, that still is just bogus to me. Um, and, and there are all these other different aspects of what happened that day that you could get into if you wanted to. But that is also at the risk of discrediting specific movements and specific people who have certain specific thoughts about the way things are in this world, right? And so, interesting enough, I found this article where the legacy media, specifically the AP, is already attacking certain platforms and certain groups of people for calling what happened on Tuesday a conspiracy theory. And that it was fake, you know, and that it was a false flag, right? You know, and that's why, you know, I mean, I, I get it. You know, if, if, if it was an operation, I'm not saying no one died. I'm not saying life wasn't lost, but that would fit some definition of that phrase, false flag, right? I'm still not saying that. I'm still not saying that. But uh, let's see what this article had to say about uh, individuals who are calling this a conspiracy theory. And they, they go at every angle I've already heard people talking about. And it's kind of cringe, guys. It's kind of cringe. Kind of cringe. 
a horrifying conspiracy theory swirl around Texas shooting. Because you know why it's cringe, guys? Because the AP debunked what a lot of patriots are saying about this story, which is embarrassing also for the AP to actually be able to debunk people. But then I don't know, I guess someone would have to go back around and debunk them if it's possible. But uh, I don't know. I've seen some of the photos photos of this shooter and uh, maybe the AP's lying. They could be lying. But um, in the court of public opinion, do you think that's going to matter? Not at all, ladies and gentlemen, not at all. It says here, uh, by now it's as predictable as the calls for thoughts and prayers. A mass shooting leaves many dead and wild conspiracy theories and misinformation about the carnage soon flow. It happened after Sandy Hook, after Parkland, after the Orlando nightclub shooting, and after the deadly rampage earlier this month at the Buffalo uh, grocery store. Within hours of Tuesday's school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, another rash began as internet users spread baseless claims about the man named as the gunman and his possible motives. Unfounded claims that the gunman was an immigrant living in the United States illegally, which I've heard, right, and law enforcement and the governor and everyone has confirmed, unless they're lying, and it's a big old Chief Lombardo thing or Sheriff Lombardo thing, that he was a United States citizen. Um, they also claim that he was transgender, okay? Quickly emerged on Twitter, Reddit, and other social media platforms. They were accompanied by familiar conspiracy theories suggesting the entire shooting was somehow staged. The claims reflect broader problems with racism and intolerance toward transgender people, right? That's what they're going to make this about. And are an effort to blame the shooting on minority groups who already endure higher rates of online harassment and hate crimes, according to disinformation expert uh, uh, Nina uh, Jakowski. <laughs> Just kidding. Jaime Langoria. Uh, Langoria says, it's a tactic that serves two purposes. It avoids real conversations about the issue of gun violence, and it gives people who don't want to face reality a patsy. It gives them someone to blame. Of course, I mean, you know, like I said, this could outright be propaganda, guys. That Jaime Longoria may not be who he says he is. Uh, the people coming up in the rest of this story may not be who they say they are. You know, but again, public sway and public opinion. If you don't have the facts um, on a story like this, I wouldn't speculate. You know, I would not speculate. I would not say, well, it's not proven, but we believe he was an illegal immigrant. It's not proven, but we believe he was transgender and his uh, family are sick, twisted people for allowing him to dress like a woman. You know, I wouldn't say that because of that crap right there. You know, I haven't said it. I mean, I saw he had nail polish on his fingers. Uh, I mean, at most, I'd say he might have been gay or bisexual. But then again, who knows these days with these kids? We don't even know what gender they consider themselves anymore. And there's only two of them. And that's what's troubling, guys. <laughs> That's what's troubling. Like, what are these other things? Um, it says here uh, that in hours after the shooting, posts falsely claimed that the gunman was living in the country illegally went viral, with some users adding em embellishments, including that he was on the run from Border Patrol. And that's the only reason why Border Patrol were the ones that took him out. Right? They're like, hey, 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 Uvalde law enforcement. Don't touch that one. That one's ours. We're on the way. Right? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. 
He was an illegal alien wanted for murder from El Salvador, read one tweet, liked and retweeted hundreds of times. This is blood on Biden's hands and should never have happened, right? Now, this, I'm sure, is 100% innocent, right? Or I don't know. I don't know if the person who made that statement read it somewhere that they trust or heard it down the grapevine. I don't think that it was ill-intentioned, right? That that statement was ill and that he, he's from El Salvador because his name is Salvador. Oh, wait, maybe that's where the connect is. His name is Salvador, right? So he must be from El Salvador, right? Huh. I don't know, guys. That's kind of a stretch. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I don't think it'd be ill-intentioned. But, you know, now that I think about El Salvador and Salvador, I mean, maybe that was a planted tweet, Right. You know, there's disinformation on all ends of this, guys. And we, well, you you guys don't have to, but, you know, I I tend to su- try and suss through this stuff, you know, and uh, just go with my better gut. But um, uh, I just, what I take away from these stories is just more identification points, right? Some, someone would probably say, why do you even bother reading this crap, Mr. C? Why would you even share it with us? You know, it's all a propaganda disinformation piece, but you know, you need to understand and know how the operatives work, you know, and the points that they pull, right? Which are quite stupid when you realize the guy's name is El Salvador. I mean, you see what I just said? His name is El Salvador. When you realize the guy's name is Salvador and someone's saying he's from El Salvador, okay? That's not that big of a jump if it's someone who's an operative on the enemy side or if it's just someone who is really, really low information. I'm just saying, okay? All right. So uh, it continues this way. The man who authorities say carried out the shooting, 18-year-old Salvador Ramos, is a United States citizen, Texas Governor Greg Abbott said in a news conference on Tuesday. Other social media users seized on images of innocent internet users to falsely identify them as the gunman and claim that he was transgender. On the online message board 4chan, and you see how they're also calling out like 4chan right now. What else was popular and came out of 4chan, right? So how easy are we making it to demonize that movement or the operatives to demonize any movement that comes out of 4chan, right? Because apparently they have ultra ultra Nazi uh, My Little Pony groups on those channels as well or websites or message boards or whatever they are. I don't know. I've never I've never been on one. Uh, It says here, on the online message board 4chan, users liberally shared the photos and discussed a plan to label the gunman as transgender without any evidence to back it up. One post on Twitter, which has since been deleted, featured a photo of a trans woman holding a green bottle to her mouth, looking into the camera, headphones hanging from one ear. Breaking news, the identity of the shooter has been revealed, claimed the user, saying the shooter was a femboy with a channel on YouTube. None of that was true. The photo actually depicted a 22-year-old trans woman named Sabrina who lives in New York City. Sabrina, who requested her last name not be published due to privacy concerns, confirmed to the Associated Press that the photo was hers and also said she was not affiliated with the purported YouTube account. Sabrina said she received harassing responses on social media, particularly messages claiming that she was the shooter. She responded to a number of posts spreading the image with the misidentification, asking for the post to be deleted. This whole ordeal is just horrifying, Sabrina told the AP. Now, 
If I were going to do my due diligence for my audience in presenting an article like this, I guess I would have to go find the account for Sabrina in New York City to see with my own eyes that this is not a planted or a propagandist story, right? I mean, that, that would be fair, wouldn't it, guys? At least to go that extra mile to make sure that I'm not reading a total lie of a story. Um, but I just, um, my gut tells me that they already wanted us to run away with these stories. They already wanted us. And so maybe it wasn't anyone in the conservative or patriot community that was making these assessments. Maybe it was shill operatives or, or paid, uh, you know, uh, trolls or whatever. But I mean, I also have heard from the mouths of patriots that I know some of these stories and they shared the same pictures that they're talking about here anyways. So back to this, it says, um, another photo that circulated widely showed a transgender woman with a Coca-Cola sweatshirt and a black shirt. A second photo showed the same woman wearing a black NASA shirt with a red skirt. These photos did not show the gunman either. They were of a Reddit user named Sam who confirmed her identity to the AP on Wednesday. The AP is not using Sam's last name, of course, to protect her privacy. She says, it's not me. I don't even live in Texas. Authorities have released no information on the gunman's sexuality or gender identification, and I don't think that they should. Arizona Congressman Paul Gosar <laughs> fit both unfounded claims about Ramos into a single now-deleted tweet that also misspelled his name. It's a transsexual leftist illegal alien named Salvatore Ramos, Gosar tweeted Tuesday night. Gosar's office did not return to a uh, message-seeking comment. In some cases, misinformation about mass shootings or other events are spread by well-intentioned social media users trying to be helpful. But for the point of this article, let it be known that in other cases, it can be the work of grifters looking to start fake fundraisers or draw attention to their website or organization. And then of course, there are trolls who seemingly do it for fun. Fringe online communities, and how well does this fit in with the now defunct, but probably not to be defunct for too long, Ministry of Truth or Ministry of Disinformation? How well does it fit in with this uh, uh, attempted overhaul of the uh, uh, of uh, domestic terrorism and and the invasion of privacy rights that all Americans would be suffering if they fit the bill? All of this fits in perfectly well as per timing. It's the execution that they got it wrong on, otherwise their bills would have passed, right? So fringe online communities, including on 4chan, often use mass shootings and other tragedies as opportunities to sow chaos, troll the public and push harmful narratives. According to Ben Decker, founder and CEO of the digital investigations consultancy, Memetica, it is very intentional and deliberate for them in celebrating these types of incidents to also influence what the mainstream conversations actually are, Decker said. I'm not going to finish that because I don't really care to. For the communities bearing the brunt of such vicious online attacks, though, the false blame stirs fears of further discrimination and violence, particularly because they are reminded about it every day by every single piece of media and every single person in their life daily. Right. Okay. So uh, there you go, guys. They go on about transmorphism and all these other LGBT types of topics that uh, will not serve the purpose of sharing this information with my audience. 
Just that and that, ladies and gentlemen. Be careful, right? Be careful. I, I mean, you know, I make my mistakes too, guys. I've made I've made mistakes in the past also about information that I share. Uh, but but none as. I mean, I saw some of the photos that were going around of this transgender, and the persons in those photos look nothing like the photo of that boy, whether it was a year removed or two years removed. It couldn't have been that much longer than that, right? It couldn't have been when he was 13 because the person in the photo looked like they were 21. I mean, not even the same hairline. I mean, come on. Why are we going to spread that type of information and just make our jobs that much harder, right? Just give us that much more opposition. Kind of a theme I've been running with under the currents here at the Sea Report, guys, when we're talking about these psycho, uh, what are they called again? Uh, these um, these sci- psychological operations or these, uh, these mind warfare tactics of inter- internet interactive activity and beyond into the real life when we have a sick and twisted child opening fire on a school and somehow we let our mythologies get away with us. I'm not reprimanding or disciplining anyone at all. I'm just putting out... Just be careful. Just be careful. Be careful what you share. And if you're going to make an egregious statement like Elon Musk is a gun grabber and Elon Musk supports abortions and pays for them and Elon Musk sent uh, satellites to the Ukrainian Nazis, at least have the articles to back them up. And even better if you have source material like from the words of the uh, from Elon Musk himself, guys. Right. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Don't go around saying uh, it's not confirmed yet, but we believe it was a transgender illegal immigrant because that's going to make your life harder if they decide to turn their all-seeing eye on you, right? And I don't want that for any one of us. We already have enough of an uphill battle, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, guys. Okay. We're at a crossroads now. We're at a crossroads. I have about... Two hours worth of World Economic Forum stories to share with you guys. And uh, we are almost at the top of hour number three. So I tell you what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we're going to close tonight with, um, with an interview of an attorney, okay? Uh, because uh, in going over what's happening at the World Economic Forum right now, you know, all the little the speeches that they're having, all of the little conjectures that they're making, all the little plans that they're uh, conspiring to commit. Um, we were also going to go over the international health regulations of 2005. I know I've beaten it to a deadly horse or a dead horse. I'm sorry. Um, and uh, we'll not really go over it, but assess it now that these uh, globalist transhumanist individuals are now in session, right? So um, I have this interview that I was going to share along with that package of information, but I think independently it will stand on its own because after all, guys, uh, it's rather obvious to anyone who can understand source material that the amendments to the IHR did give certain specific provisions for the director general to make declarations regardless of how nation states felt about those declarations, right? And, and the thing about that is inside of those provisions, 
there was some other treaty that was going on. It was like a sister treaty, right? Like you have your international health regulations of 2005 and the Biden amendments that give basically control over to the World Health Organization in the event of an international health emergency, a regional health emergency, or what was the other one? Like uh, a, a kind of a, a unknown scare kind of thing. Like the third one was very, very ambiguous. Like we don't even know if it is, but it might be. So we're going to call it and give our authority over to, uh, you know, Tedros over there at the World Health Organization. But then they also had the pandemic treaty and that was different. Okay. So we'll talk about the pandemic treaty tomorrow, guys. And uh, we might do two shows tomorrow, right? Tomorrow's Friday. I think I'm open, right? So we'll see. We'll see. Okay, we'll see. No pun intended. We'll see uh, because I'm sure there's going to be more stories. I mean, we had some election news I wanted to care, share. I wanted to touch on Durham and Sussman again before the weekend. So a lot of, a lot of things I want to share and make sure get submitted to our, uh, our, our documented uh, um, news stories, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, for the general uh, information and knowledge of the public and any in my audience, guys. Got a lot of stuff I want to share, guys. I feel real bad. Whenever I don't have uh, the time or I miss a day or something, it's like the news gets away with you and there's so much out there that needs to be known, you know? Anyhow, anyhow, aside from that, we'll go over the, tr the, the pandemic treaty thing, guys, because if the amendments passed and that, uh, that whole thing passed and the pandemic treaties passed, oh, well there's that sovereignty that's being handed over as, as well as privacy and other rights that are um, uh, endowed to us by our creator. Very interesting, right? So uh, to wrap up tonight and put a cherry on top of the fact that now we have lawyers, right, who are uh, talking about what this these amendments to the IHR do. You don't got to hear me anymore, guys. I talked about it enough, right? We covered it like several times just to make sure I had the proper understanding. We'll check out this interview and we'll close out the night with this interview. We shall reconvene tomorrow with our World uh, Economic Forum stories. There's a lot of them and I'm sure maybe a couple of more will come out by tomorrow. A lot, of, a lot of things that they're conspiring, a lot of things that we've known about, but just reading it and their perspective, it's just, it's, it's, um, it's flabbergasting, ladies and gentlemen. It is flabbergasting, I'll be honest with you, because uh, it's right there out in the open, and all we have to do is pay attention and then maybe do something about it, right? All right, guys, with that said, I'll turn you over to, um, let's see here. Uh, this is uh, another attorney. Oh, an attorney gives another warning about a Biden amendments to the international health regulations of 2005. Try not to mind the Gateway Pundit's brand new um, news consultant or whatever she is, guys. Uh, she's doing the best she can, I'm sure. Okay, with that said, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I'll see you on the other side. But this week, there's something happening very important that's not being reported on by the mainstream media. And if you even Google about it. Of course, the fact checkers are there to say, to try to dispute it and say it's not actually happening. And so our sovereignty is essentially being surrendered to the World Health Organization so that they can use the pandemic to have a perpetual state of emergency and destroy our constitution. We're here with attorney Thomas Renz, 
you have been fighting these legal battles against the vaccine mandates and throughout the COVID pandemic. And now you're raising alarm, alarm about this World Health Organization. I'm not sure if you would say it's a treaty, but some way that, that they're amending international law so that the United States essentially surrenders uh, our sovereignty to the World Health Organization. Please tell us more about it and why this is an imminent threat. So, you know, this is an interesting thing, and, and I'm sorry, there's just no way to do this, Fogan, in the weeds a little bit. So the World Health Organization, we're a part of them, right? We signed on to them. We've got a treaty. We're, we're there. Now, you don't have to be a part of them. We can withdraw, but we're generally a part of them. Now, what they've done is Biden has done something that's really shady. He has sent over, I know that's, a, that's an absolute shock, but he sent over proposed amendments to the, the international health regulations, right? These international health regulations are something, they form some sort of a basis, have some sort of a role in international law. Now, where they would fall precisely in terms of, of being controlling in American law is really debatable. And that's, that's my opinion as an attorney. I think, that, I think that there's a lot of question about that. But what he's doing is Biden knew that there was no way on God's green earth that we would sign a treaty, that he could get a, a, you know, a, a treaty ratified with two-thirds of the Senate that said, hey, we're going to give sovereignty over to the WHO, right? There's no way he's going to do that, right? So what he did was he did something a little bit craftier. And by the way, it wasn't Biden. Biden's pooping his pants in the corner. This is whoever's controlling Biden in the Biden White House. So the O-Biden White House, because I, you know Obama's certainly involved. So what he did was he said, let's alter the regulations within the WHO to, to say that the WHO itself can claim control over these nations. So it used to be, and it currently is up until a few days from now when they push this through, that if the WHO wanted to declare, declare an emergency and try and push to do things within a country, they had to ask that country first because nations are sovereign and the national sovereignty takes precedence over any international organization. What Biden said was, and he made a lot of changes, but one of the most important is that he said, you know what, you don't have to do that, WHO. You just tell us if there's an emergency and then we're going to make these changes so that you can work with these different entities and organizations in any other country to try and force any country that's not complying into compliance. And so what he's doing is he's shifting a dramatic amount of power into the WHO's hands. And because the United States will back this as long as he's president, and pretty much any time we've got any screwy Democrat in the office uh, you know, that I can see right now, What's going to happen is, is they're going to use this as, as an issue and a mechanism to try and essentially force international will onto the American people through this really complicated, messy legal process. There's no good way for us to challenge this in court directly right now. None. I've looked. Because he's changing the regulations for this international body, this would be like if there was a club in Germany that said, you know, we're going to start an international club in Germany and the UK, and uh, we're going to burn American flags every day. Well, we couldn't, 
we couldn't sue that that club. I mean, there's we don't have any tie with them, right? There's no there's no way to sue because this international club, the WHO, is changing their regulations. I don't see a direct lawsuit that we can file on that. So he so the problem is is now we've got this buffoon who's changing these regulations, and even though I would argue that those regulations don't actually control he will use those as a mechanism to give away as much sovereignty during the course of his presidency as he possibly can. Well, it's funny because anyone paying attention realizes that Biden was not legitimately elected and therefore we had a dictatorship installed. But this is ominous. How is it that, I mean, first, no one's talking about it really. Just a handful of networks seems to be covering it. Snopes is ahead of it to say it's all false. But this is happening this week. Will they be in implementing or voting on this? And so it's just too late. I mean, I guess the first step is raising alarm uh, or bringing this to people's attention. But where is their way out of this? Is that it? Well, we need to permanently defund the WHO and we need to remove ourselves from them. I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of international cooperation, but this is this is nothing but a corrupt dictatorship controlled by monsters. We need to do that. It's going to be a political issue. Now, here's what I think is going to happen, right? I don't think some people are talking. I, I don't think you're going to see little blue helmets in the street outside your house. I, I just don't see that happening. Americans have guns and we have a lot of them. And there'd be a lot of violence if that sort of thing happened. I, I just don't think that that's going to happen. That's not in anybody's best interest because nobody wants violence, right? So, well, except for the people putting the, pushing the jabs on other people. They say that I, I view that as a form of violence. And this but, government that's been installed wants to yeah. incite violence and call us all domestic terrorists if we oppose it. Well, they seem to be doing a lot of that too. But I don't think anybody wants an outright uh, war in the streets. And so I don't think you're going to see that. Here's what I'm really concerned about. So if you look at the instruction manuals for the PCR tests, they say in them, these tests should not be used to diagnose COVID-19. Yet we've tried to force everybody on the planet to get these PCR tests. Why is that? What do you get with it? It's a, it's a tracking mechanism and, and our genetic makeup. And it's also very peculiar why there were these large Q-tips that had to poke us in the back of the brain that we'd never use for any other kind of test. Right, right. Well, and they're still doing it, right? Now, the, the goal, I mean, we know that they were harvesting DNA. We know that because we've got the documents. We saw the documents. They were harvesting DNA. And then we also know that they sold that information, which I would argue is illegal. The PCR tests don't work and they don't really add any value. I mean, if you're going to diagnose COVID-19, you need to do that through symptoms and a bunch of other things. Uh, all the PCR tests can do is give an indication at best. And because we're running in so high cycles, they don't even give an accurate indication. But the PCR tests don't work yet. They're still pushing these. Even today with these, these jabs out and everything else, they're still pushing them as far and wide as possible. And in fact, Biden just said he wants to make everybody PCR test if they're going to fly on a plane domestically. Okay, so why is this so important? Well, they're gathering data. Data is key. We know that data is key. We know that if you, for anybody that's followed the work of the WEF, uh, you've all know Harari, Klaus Schwab, and these crew, they've talked a lot, and their words, not mine, about things like making human beings hackable. 
But what we have now, which is new, is the ability to hack human beings, to get inside your brain, to get to know you better than you know yourself, to get to know your weaknesses. Humans are now hackable animals. You know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. Well, I think maybe in a couple of decades when people look back, the thing they will remember from the COVID crisis is this is the moment when everything went digital. And if, this, is, this was the moment when every, everything became monitored, that we agreed to be surveyed all, all the time, not just in authoritarian machines, but even in democracies. And maybe most importantly at all, this was the moment when surveillance started going under the skin. About the fact that to do that, you have to have immense amounts of data. Data is everything. And it's not, and their words, not mine. It's not enough to have data, but we need to go under the skin, right? Why, what does this mean? They need this data. Now, this, I would argue that this agreement will allow Biden to say, well, you know, if the WHO declares an emergency, we've got to give them all this genetic data. We've got to give them all this information because they need to know what's going on. And that's just part of the treaty. It's part of the deal, right? So he'll use that as cover. And I think one of the most dangerous parts of this that I literally haven't heard anybody talking about is that. Because, you know, here's what I know. If China wants my DNA, I don't want them to have it. If these globalist monsters want my DNA, I don't want them to have it. I don't care what they're using it for. I don't believe they're using it for the best interest of America because they're openly declared themselves enemies of America. So. You've got to look, what I think one of the most dangerous aspects is, is when he starts doing that, you're not going to see it. You're not going to hear it. The data, the information sharing that he's doing is just going to happen. Nobody's going to even know. And so we're giving away more of our data, more of our information on American citizens to enemies of America. And I think probably the most scary thing here in this treaty is right now, you know, they can't beat us in a straight up war. So they're trying to beat us without a war. You know, I mean, they're beating us without firing a shot. They need data and information to do that. Well, they and also the are, are reliant on public compliance and um, willful ignorance at this point. And absolutely. What do you, do you suspect that they want to do with this uh, DNA, uh, this collection of our DNA? Because we well, all know these proponents of the Great Reset, Yuval Noah Harari and Klaus Schwab, they want to upload consciousness and they want immortality. And these vaccines are gene modification shots. They're not gene therapy, they're gene modification and they're collecting our DNA. So what, what do you suspect uh, they're going to use all this for, this data? Well, and so I want to reaffirm what you just said, because everything that you said, I mean, so... Gene therapy, right? That's not up for debate. We have Pfizer, we have Moderna, we have Janssen, we have Bayer. We have all these companies that have admitted, Pfizer and Moderna in government filings have admitted that their shots are gene therapies, okay? And by gene therapy, we believe that, you know, in a lot of cases, that's permanent. So permanent, you know, rewriting of your genetic makeup. Well, I'll just say that therapy is beneficial. 
So I don't even call it therapy anymore, right? This is causing blood clots, myocarditis, brain hemorrhages, and strokes and death. Well, a therapy. And no protection against COVID. Yeah, yeah, nor transmissibility, right? So, yeah, so these these are gene-altering jabs, and we know that. Now, we also know that there's, there's documentation of these guys lamenting for years. They couldn't find a way to get enough people into trials to perfect gene editing technology, right? This has been a goal for decades. They've talked about it. We've got paperwork that shows this. They couldn't get people in trials. How do you do that? Now, I don't think that these gene therapy disasters that are out now are they're a disaster, but they're not where they're going. They've told us, we want to remake humanity. We want to control the genome. We want to be able to, you know, uh, using their words, not mine. They want people to be gods, right? So they want to reprogram. They want to restructure. Well, what's going on? Well, we're seeing a lot of evidence that indicates that a lot of this is really an experiment, right? They've changed dosages. We believe that they've changed formulas, uh, you know, since these things have came out. They're talking about how they can have new formulations and have them go through an expedited process because, you know, with these gene therapies, they need to keep putting out new formulas. Uh, They're talking about this. And it looks to me like a a great big experiment, right? And that they got to keep experimenting until they get it wherever they want. And basically the population of Earth is their their Petri dish. Uh, You know, minus them, we know that the, you know, the head of Pfizer didn't bother getting the jab and a bunch of others didn't. So you know, and if you believe that some of these people that that showed you getting a needle stuck in their arm were actually getting the shot, you're deluding yourself. But that said, you know, my guess is is that this information is all going towards uh, continued work on the development of these gene therapy drugs and mod- gene modification technologies. Uh, you know, and and I'm only speculating, but they've told us we want to eliminate free will. We want you, to, you know, we want to control people. I mean, that's slavery. I, I can see only this play out in science fiction all the time in the matrix. And it's always the robots against the machines is coming next. And Google's yes. a part of that. And it's how do we stop it? I mean, as far as this who takeover, this is basically the new world order being instituted right before our eyes because oh. we have an installed president and there's no way to fight back. Well, I mean, listen, they, they, I don't know how, more, how much more clear it can be when Klaus Schwab says that by 2030, you'll own nothing and you'll be grateful for it. What else can I say? I mean, that's his words, not mine. There is a, there is a global war against freedom. They don't want freedom. I don't know how else to explain it. You just literally need to take his quotes and look at what he's doing. So I don't think that it's the case that there's nothing you can do about it. And I do want to stress something. This is a serious issue. This who thing is a serious issue because we have the most corrupt monster in the White House in history. And I don't even know if he knows how corrupt he is because he doesn't even, I, you know, his dementia is on a he whole other level. He doesn't know where he is? Yeah, he's, he spends a lot of time confused. But the thing about this is, is remember, he, while he's in the office, he will do whatever. Now, They've been governing against the will of the people since Biden's got in. Not saying 2020 was stolen, but, I mean, have we seen 2,000 mules? 2020 looks 
I'm not denying it. I'm joking. Well, I mean, we actually saw it happen before our very eyes. Literally. I can't say it literally in front of our eyes. I mean, if you don't think putting cardboard uh, panels up on the windows and kicking GOP observers out is not fraudulent and all the Sharpie gate and ballot nope. harvesters actually awarded after they were busted uh, rolling ballots of suitcases under the tables. I actually, as an undercover journalist, witnessed ballot harvesting happening right in front of me. Yeah. So, I mean, and of course, it's just self-evident, right? If you look at Joe Biden and President Trump, it's just, it's actually really scary because where do we go from here? Once dictatorships are installed, you don't usually get back uh, any kind of for, uh, semblance of a legitimate election. Well, you know? make no mistake, Alicia. We're in a situation now where we've lost, not not losing, we've lost a lot. We're now fighting back. Okay, we're coming back. Now we're fighting. We're going to get it back. But we've lost a lot of freedom in this country. And the people of this country have to understand, you may not be comfortable with the fact that Yuval Noah Harari has told you that he likes Nazis and that he's going to hack your brain, and that he wants to control you. But they're his words, not mine. You may not like the fact that Klaus Schwab said, by 2030, you'll own nothing and you'll like it. You may not like the fact that we had 2,000 mules and all of these other things that indicate a massive election fraud. You may not like the fact that there's been 20, 30, 40 mysterious fires in food processing plants and airplanes crashing into food processing plants. And that uh, at the same time, uh, Union Pacific is uh, putting a moratorium on fertilizer shipments during the growing season. By the way, Union Pacific's owned and controlled by BlackRock and Vanguard. You may not like looking at this. This may sound conspiracy theory to you. But the simple fact of the matter is, is I've got the paperwork, I've got the data, and it may make you uncomfortable to see it or to hear it. But when a serial killer tells you they killed 50 people, if you choose not to believe them, well, that's on you. That's on you. We have monsters at our door. And I got to tell you, it's very uncomfortable for me to spout these things out that sounds like a science fiction movie. Yeah, it's actually happening. I mean, I literally went through every local report of every food plant being set on fire or then a plane crashed into it. There's about approximately 30 in the past few months. And now there's a baby food formula crisis. And is this a coincidence when they want to institute the great reset after what we just gone through? I mean, sheer logic and inversion of truth we've had to comply with for the past two plus years. And it's ongoing and everyone just goes back and, and they're just relaxed and watching reality TV shows and scrolling through the very technologies that are, are coordinating to enslave us, scrolling through Facebook and Instagram and uh, praising Elon Musk when he's part of it. Three years uh, ago, Alicia, if I would have told you, guess what, in the next year or two, you're going to be forced to wear masks and you're going to have the government of the United States try and force you to take an experimental gene therapy that was tested on about 200 people before it was authorized. You would have said, I'm nuts. You would have said that you're a conspiracy theorist and you're a kook. Guess what? It happened. All of it happened. Now, we've got evidence in front of us telling us what they want to do because these boastful monsters can't shut their mouths. But well, they don't have to if the public's not actually paying attention, except a small margin of us. They're pretty brazen. 
They'll yes, actually they throw up. They'll just be brazenly satanic right in front of us. They certainly are brazen at the least. So, you know, for the people who are reading or looking or watching and saying, oh, that just seems conspiracy. Hey, what paperwork do you want me to show you? Do you want to see the video? Do you want to see the paperwork? Do you want to see the documents? I mean, what can I tell you? I literally have government documents showing me a lot of this stuff. I have documents from the government that say going back, you know, six, eight months, they knew that, that these jabs were killing people and were not stopping the disease. I've got documents that came out at the same time Anthony Fauci was telling us this is a disease a crisis of the unvaxxed that show that uh, 71% of new cases were in fully vaxxed and 60% of hospitalizations were in fully vaxxed. Everything they say is a lie. You don't have to believe me. I got their papers. Well, also, Thomas, just think back. It was Russia collusion, and then it was impeachment. And the moment impeachment ended, they rolled out COVID. And it's just one thing after another. And if you're paying attention, I mean, they obviously, COVID was a perfect plan so that they can lock down everything. There's no accountability. There's no way to investigate when all the buildings, the government buildings are closed. On top of that, now they fence everything off after they steal the election. They come and label you a domestic terrorist. If you say two plus two equals four, because they want you to believe two plus two equals six, six, six. And they're going to they're gonna pound it in your brain and put you in a DC gulag if you dare protest. So we're in a real, real state of emergency here. While and they want to keep it in a state of emergency. While encouraging the-, the summer of rage. They're encouraging the violence this summer. They need the re- George Floyd. Yeah, I mean, listen, you can't just have COVID and a health crisis 24-7. So what they, they're cycling it, right? Winter, we've got our health crisis and we got to get our jabs. Summer rolls around. Nobody's even sort of sick. So in summer, we have riots. It seems to be a repeat, recurring crisis at this point. Right, no social distancing or masks were necessary for the riots. Yeah. And only they can riot. They can actually riot, loot, and, and, and beat people up and kill a couple of people along the way. And there's people sitting there, American citizens, in the D.C. gulag, and t- it being tortured. It's enough to drive you crazy, and it's designed to drive us crazy. So I suppose we can't do anything about the World Health Organization takeover that's probably going to be instituted this upcoming week. There's no legal remedy here. There's there's no lawsuit remedy right now, okay? I don't think there's a lawsuit that we can file on this. Maybe, I'm still working on it. If I can find something, you can be sure it'll be in court. Um, But I think that the, the best solution right now is everybody needs to be on on their politicians' butts and saying, what in the hell are you doing and why aren't you doing something about this? You know, Biden intentionally, he he sent this off in January. He covered it up. Nobody found out about it till mid-April. He hid it intentionally. It's like what they did at Obamacare. You'll read about it after we pass it. Yeah, we'll read it after we pass it. This is this was intentionally hid from the American public because they knew it was bad. This guy needs to be impeached and in jail. I mean, well, or in a mental home for old people, I guess. But, so, you know, something. This is unbelievable. If this, I mean, I think that what's occurring, I mean, it looks to me like in a lot of ways, and I'm going to be putting a substack out on this. You know, I think there's, I think this is seditious in a lot of ways. I mean, it's just, it is mind blowing. We're selling out our nation. We're intentionally trying to ignore the laws of our country. 
you know, I mean, if these, you know, the foreign entity changing its regulations, that's one thing, but him going along with it after he promotes it, there, that's another. Then there might be a lawsuit. We'll have to see. I think that's when the lawsuit is, but then it's too late. But the law, so we need our politicians to step up and say, hell no. We're still here, ladies and gentlemen. Don't you worry. Sorry about that. I was engaging my chat room. Yes, uh, CasualGG17 says, new Elon not to be trusted, met his nephew once, never heard of Jesus. And uh, for some reason, I don't think that you are being uh, facetious or sarcastic or just colorful with that statement. Anyhow, guys, anyhow. All right, well, that is how we're going to round off tonight. I owe you some world economic information ladies and gentlemen, World Economic Forum information, and we will get to that uh, tomorrow promptly. Uh, this way we can um, share all that. <laughs> that was actually a really, that was actually a really good interview. You know, like, um, I, was, I was remarking in the chat room that I've never seen uh, this, um, I guess, this journalist for the Gateway Pundit. Uh, but, um, that they they really did crystallize a lot of what we've experienced in the last you know year and a half to two years, pretty pretty in a pretty good conversation. So I would definitely have to say props. You know, you can always smell a new one, right? But but that's besides the point, right? Uh, stop sniffing, Mister C. Right? Anyways, okay. So all right, ladies and gentlemen, that's gonna. Oh look at that! Oh look at that! I told you we we're gonna talk about the World Economic Forum. There you got all your there you got all your bad actors, ladies and gentlemen. You got your Klaus Schwab, you got your George Soros, you got your Greta Thunberg. Oh yeah. We're gonna get into it tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna get into it tomorrow. So hang tight until next time, because at least you know, for a fact, and God willing, we will be back tomorrow. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, you have a great rest of your evening. It was a wonderful time hanging out with you. Uh, you know, I apologize. This turned into a 2A Second Amendment specific episode. But sometimes, guys, when the information is there and the stories need to be shared, that is just what happens. I hope it was informative and it was uh, at least mildly entertaining. Uh, all right, guys, uh, we will see you next time. Until then, as always, please be safe, be blessed. And God bless America. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great night till then, y'all. Bye-bye.